Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Brothers Grimdark after a teeny tiny hiatus. It might not be evening where they are. It, good day. Good morrow. Good morrow. Good tomorrow. <laughs> in case you're listening to this in the future. Which they will be. Well, not when they're listening to it, they won't be. I feel like we've got enough topic. <laughs> Immediately. Okay, so as hopefully the title's given away, or maybe not, the title could be entirely mysterious. We are reviewing the Tau Codex. Yes. Which is timely... I'm sure you're all aware. Um, but damn it, we want to do it. We're going to do this in two parts. We're going to cover the... Inf- well, not the infantry. We'll cover the troops. Fuck it, not the troops. <laughs> the models, the rules, that sort of shit. The bump. Definitely not the bump. We're covering the rules this week. Next time we'll go into the law. And the reason why we're doing this is, A, I've finally gotten around to getting the Tower Codex for my Tower Army. So it's all set and ready to go. And had, having, had, having read through it... There's a lot that actually needs discussing in here, which has got the discussion it's warranted. Yeah, let, let me set the scene for you. For anyone that hasn't, you know, been online recently, the Tau, the Tau Codex landed with quite a resounding splash in a sort of dropping the kids off at the pool kind of splash. That would be English euphemism of having a shit. Yeah. I'm sorry, there's literally, there's a possibility people do not know what you're going for there. It is funny though. Very much so. As is, there was controversy when this came out. There was quite a lot. Hold on, I I would say not even controversy. I think there was just a wave of... There was just just outrage. There was flat outrage. There was no, like, debate about it. People were outraged by this codex. Which is interesting. Which is interesting. And I think the largest focal point of this outrage is the fact that 7th edition... I mean, you might have heard us say it before. In 7th edition, Tau eradicated close combat. They annihilated an entire phase of the game, which is impressive. It's it's also problematic. It's it also problematic, problematic. Because you have the movement, the shooting, and then the... Oh, back, it's back gone. Back to the movement Back again. to the movement, yes. It then becomes even more about the who has the first shoot, which admittedly is a problem which one has always struggled with, but this was exaggerated by the fact you couldn't have a close combat army that was beastly enough to then do something if it got there. Yeah, there was no chance you were tanking Tower Overwatch because yeah. Tower Overwatch, they'd be hitting you on twos with marker lights. And that that brings us nicely onto a very large special rule for the army, which is marker lights. Yeah, that, let's discuss that first. But before that... Before that then, before just, we discuss I'll that. just finish the discussion. The 8th edition Tower Codex. Yep. It is a lot less weak. Or strong, rather. Yes. It is a lot weaker than the 7th edition Codex. Which made people very unhappy because 7th edition Tau was something ridiculously powerful. It was to quote, oh, damn, I can't remember his name, the chap who created Street Fighter 2 and has worked with numerous fighting games, a real expert in that sort of field. He went describing tier lists of characters, etc. There's tier 1s through 5, 1 being the top, 5 being the bottom. He would occasionally refer to the concept of a tier 0 character who is so absurdly strong they warp the entire game around them and the Tau were tier 0 army back then as shown by them destroying an entire phase of the game. Yeah, it, it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I played against so much 7th edition Tau that it, it just broke my tiny heart. Because he I gave love up. close combat. I love close combat. The ripping and the tearing, if you will permit me. <laughs> that is not how the Doom Marine speaks, <laughs> but I will let the reference slide. Yeah, because close combat is visceral, it's fucking awesome. That's yeah. where heroes are made, that's where martyrs come forth. But... Legitimately, he nearly gave up on this hobby as a result. Not, of... not because of the town. No, not because, not because of the town. No, to be fair, it was 7th edition as a whole. 7th edition as a whole. Yeah. A big butthole. <laughs> but yeah, Tau Codex, 
8th edition. It is less powerful, but let's discuss what you can do with the power that remains. Shall we discuss Markalites? Let us discuss Markalites. The discussion of the Markalites shall be had. As you find the page. <laughs> I I assumed it would be at the start, along with the all the different rules that people have. 8th edition codices, you are a mess, sir. Sort it out. Absolutely sort are. out your bloody layouts. Page 123. Okay, so the Markalites table is actually back in the equipment. You know where the... Okay. That's where it should be, Alan. You're not with the universal rules the entire no, army has. Okay, Markalite table. Markalite number one. When you land one Markalite on a unit... You can reroll hit rolls of one for Tau Empire models attacking this unit, with the exception of Crute. Crute and Vespid, they don't get any benefits from this. Good. Yeah. Slight, slight buff, fluffy thing there. Good. Slight fluffy thing. As well is. done. One Markalite, that's great. Fine and dandy. Two Markalites, uh, destroy and seek missiles. You just said fine and dandy. Yeah. You mean reroll ones, don't you mean? Yeah, it's all fine and dandy. What? As in, I'm saying that it is fine power level-wise. For landing one Markalite, you get a small bonus, which isn't bad, but it's worth oh, it. Oh, right. yeah. No, the actual rule is you get to reroll ones in the shooting phase. Yes, I, I had to explain that. God, I have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> Two Markalites. I just tuned in, but it's all fine and dandy. One Markalite, it's all fine and dandy. Like, it's some sort of, like, calming measure. Like, everyone, don't worry. It's just one. Just just the one Markalite. It's, it's just fine. the one. No one's ever been hurt by one Markalite, man. Okay, so two Markalites. Destroying Seeker Missiles are fired at the Firing Model's Ballistic Skill um, and any modifiers rather than only hitting on sixes. Because normally Destroying Missiles and Seeker Missiles only hit on sixes. Destroying Missiles, briefly, are present on the Storm Surge, I believe. And in, in this book, they do D3 Mortal Wounds if they hit. In 7th edition, to give context for those who don't know... They were D weapons, which meant they just destroyed the no, target. No. They, I, I think they were strength 10. Oh, sorry. And I believe if you got five Markalites on a target, which was like super easy, or it, some arbitrary number, yep. they went to strength oh, D. Oh, so they were very easily strength D, which they is... Were, basically every single D8 game, they're strength D. And the other thing was, yep. is that you could fire all of them at the same time. And now strength D weapons uh, used to have a chart on a roll of a one, like instead of wounding here. Yeah. On a roll of one, they did nothing. Yep. Uh, two to five, it did some sort of damage, like very, very heavy amounts of damage. Yep. And on a six, it just removed the model, no matter what the model was. Up to Warlord Titan. Up to Warlord Titans. D weapons. Silly stuff. Yeah, and the Storm Surge could fire all of these in the first phase of the game. Yep. So it could fire Technically four... the second, because the movement phase is not where you can fire weapons. Okay, well, you know what I mean. First, yeah, first, turn, first, yeah. first battle round, yep. it could fire all four D weapon shots, which, as you can imagine from a, uh alpha striking point of view, made the Storm Surge much better than it is currently. Yeah. Better than it's Spoiler. Currently. Spoiler. Three mug lights. Unit does not get any benefit to saving throws of being in cover. Doesn't really matter. Like, it's... Mug lights are also on an enemy unit, by the way. Yeah, basically... Just clarifying that, just... Yeah, for those who don't know, a, yeah. some models are armed with a Markalite, which is a gun you shoot, which rather than doing any kind of damage, you just get a Markalite on this Markalite table, and it stacks per the amount of times that unit has been shot by a Markalite this turn. Four. Four Markalites. Ah. 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 Terran Pirate models attacking this unit do not suffer penalty for moving and firing, firing heavy weapons or advanced good firing assault weapons. Again, it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, it's not super no. anything. But the reason why you try and get up this table is at five or more Markalites, all uh, add one to all hit rolls for Tau uh, Empire models attacking this unit. So if you have five or more Markalites, you're hitting on threes, re-rolling ones, giving you an accuracy of like 80%. Now let's just discuss 
Markalites for a moment. Let's just stay yep. here. Yep. Let's just dwell. Let's discuss Markalites. In 7th edition? Yep. For every one Markalite hit, every registered Markalite, so you yep. get like a little counter, it just gave you a flat plus one to hit. And I believe uh, in 4th edition or 5th edition tower, whichever yep. one it was, you had to expend Markalites. So you put a Markalite on a target, Yep. you would then spend that Markalite... Yep. To give a unit a bonus. I yep. can't remember what the bonuses were. I think it was just plus This one was hit. a long time ago and we didn't play Tau back a then. A long time ago. Yeah. Like nobody even played Tau then. It was all Space Marines and Chaos. Sexy Still times. Is. Sexy. Well, yeah. no, it's now just Space Marines, but. Just Space Marines. <laughs> yep. Uh, which, which was awesome. Yep. So, 7th edition, Markalites were crazy. But the other thing was, is that these stacks of plus one to hit would last until your next turn. So, basically, that meant if you got, say, three marker lights. You'd have three plus one to hits. Now that would apply to your overwatch as well. Yeah. And that's the crazy part. So your Terminator unit, they would just put, say, five marker lights, four marker lights on it. Yep. And they get overwatch with twos. Yep. Tau also have a special rule, spoiler, for the greater good. Uh, back in sixth, oh sorry, seventh edition, every unit within six inches of the charged unit could overwatch as well. Yep. So suddenly your Terminator unit would be hit by all the tower units because they just put them in a ball. Their entire gun line, essentially. Their entire gun line hitting on twos. So better than their normal shooting. Yeah. You would not survive the charge. And that's how they eliminated, eliminated assault. Overwatch just became ridiculously strong yep. through Markalite abuse. They have limited that with this codex. Now, people going back to the controversy before we discuss the change to the greater good rule... People complain about the Markalite table no longer being as good as it was and saying, we have to work to get plus one to hit nowadays rather than just getting it with one one Markalite hit giving plus one to hit. Now having to get that bonus, that's just... <laughs> bonus. <cr> effect. <laughs> <laughs> having to work for that bonus is just crazy. Why would anyone ever do this? Now, interestingly enough, because normally when we do codex reviews, we tend to do them when it comes out because we're excited, we're going to read new stuff and learn new stuff. We've had a bit of time since the Tower Codex has come out. We have a bit of distance. And so it's not just our gut feelings on this, right as they are, 100% of the time. We can now go, look, a lot of Tau lists run things with marker lights in them. Because it turns out, getting plus one to hit in a Tau army is extremely powerful. There's an army balanced around hitting on a four plus. Being able to make it hit on threes, rerunning ones, is really good. Yeah, I, I think the thing to remember here as well is that to the initiate, when you look at the marker light table, yep. it's fantastic. If you're looking at this from a 7th edition tower point of view, yeah. where you would just be hitting on twos all day, every damn day. Yeah. Like two marker lights, you're hitting on twos. That, yeah. Anything that shoots that unit. So you could take two units of Pathfinders, and you're hitting on twos on two units, say. Yep. Or take four units of marker, uh, Pathfinders and marker lights. You know, it just, it just gets silly. Yep. So I think people were very upset with the new marker light table. However, if you actually look at the marker light table objectively... And the ways that you can get marker lights throughout the codex... There's a lot of ways of generating them. There's a lot of ways of uh, generating them, as well as a lot of symbiosis between the units that generate them. Which is fantastic. As in, for example... Do you mean synergy? Yes. Really not symbiosis. <laughs> yes, I do. Synergy. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about that greater good. It's the family feel of the Tau. It's all part of the greater good. The greater good. Greater good. We, by the way, guys, we, if you've ever seen Hot Fuzz, we live in Hot Fuzz land. Yeah, yeah, we really do. We're out in the country. It's effectively a documentary for us. Like, we, this is not much of a joke, honestly. This is, this is a hard fact. Basically, think of Hot Fuzz if the area had more of a heroin problem. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, England. <laughs> the charming old country. Speaking of the greater good, yeah. we have for the greater good. Yeah. Basically, the vast majority of tower units, although not some, vast majority of them have for the greater good. So when an enemy unit declares a charge, um, a unit with this ability that's within six inch of one of the charging unit's targets may fire Overwatch as if they were also charged. You know, that does so cannot fire Overwatch again in this turn. So this is how they limited it. Rather than having everyone having a limited Overwatches at anything, if they charge unit A, and there's units B and C next to them, B and C can Overwatch with A, but if they then get charged, they can't Overwatch. They can't Overwatch again. Yeah, and they can't do for for the greater good again. Yeah, they can Overwatch for themselves. Like If they get charged, they can Overwatch as many times as they like. They can only overwatch once for someone else, and if they do that, they can never overwatch again, even if it's for themselves. Yeah, so I, I would just like to say, at this at this juncture of the Tau Codex review, I am extremely happy with the writer of the Tau Codex. Yes. I'm extremely happy with them, because rules like this uh, are absolutely glorious. Because you still have the benefit of yep. the Tau Gunline being able to shoot for each other, yep. which is great. It still retains that flavour of unity. Strength for unity. And it does give you some defense uh, from close combat, which yep. the Tau do struggle with very much yep. in 8th because everyone's quicker. Yep. I'm not going to say the Tau Codex is perfect. I'm not saying that. Nope. But from a rules perspective and from a gameplay perspective, the guy nailed it. Whoever yeah. wrote this. Yeah, we Great are. Job. Yeah, this Codex, we like an awful lot. I'm a Tau player and I like it an awful lot. So that's also something that should go on the record before people get a bit upset that we can we say that some of the changes from 7th to 8th were good. I am a Tau player. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I admit the fact that we're no longer hitting on twos. God, isn't that a shame? Yes, but for the sake of the game and balance and people actually wanting to play you, yeah, exactly. this is vastly better. And I can say that there is an incredible amount of animosity towards Tau players, specifically in 7th edition. Yes. Uh, everyone hated Tau. And I saw it quite a lot at the local gaming club uh, because people would bring multiple lists. They yep. have, say, Tau... And Eldar, yep. and Eldar were extremely strong in seventh as well as eighth. Yep. Uh, and people would actually say, "Yeah, please, can I play the Eldar? I don't want to play the Tau because yeah. Tau would just, you yeah. know, I set up my army for you to knock down." Eldar are reputed to have a very broken codex in seventh. It's a different power level to Tau, though. Tau are just far better if played correctly. If yeah. played correctly, it's all about that. The other ability that the Tau have is Master of War, which is basically at the beginning of your turn, a single command for your army can declare either Montcar or Kuyon. Or Kaoyon, depending on the pronunciation. I say Kuyon because that's how it was said in Dark Crusade, which I may be wrong. It may be wrong, but damn it, that's how I say it. These can basically be done only once per battle. And Kuyon is, until the end of the turn, you can reroll failed hit rolls for friendly, uh, except to the same faction as your commander, any unit within six inch of him that didn't move. Oh, sorry, this unit. If you do this, units within six can reroll all failed hit rolls, but they can't move. Yeah, for basically, stand still, reroll to hit. Yeah. Great stuff. The other one, Montcar. Friendly uh, units of the same faction, but then six of the commander can both advance and shoot if they, as if they hadn't moved this turn. Far less important. <laughs> it is far less important for the tower. Yeah. It like, is a strange you could, one. You can advance with rail sides, as in broadsides with uh, heavy rail rifles, and fire as though you hadn't moved. Good, but those things have long range anyway. Like The tower are usually in position to shoot from the get-go. The guns I mean, have quite a bit of range. It is very situational, but there are uses for it. Yeah. The other thing I'll say for it is it's just fun. Because yeah. I, in 4th edition, I had a very small uh, collection of orcs. Yep. 
one of my favorite things to do was to declare Dawa. And it was really fun that you give your guys a turn-wide bonus. Yep. Um, and you had to kind of choose when to do it, and I, I really like those abilities. So yeah, I'm a fan of this. Yep. Definitely a fan of this. Right. So we're getting onto the units. Don't go too in-depth. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to try and barrel through this. So first of all, we have Commander Shadow Sun, because we've got the heroes. We're going to discuss their lore next week. That's when we're discussing a lot of the lore, yeah. and the reason why we're not discussing Shadow Sun and Farsight's lore now is a lot of it is interwoven to the history of the Tau. The Tau lore in this book, good God, it's brilliant. Spoiler for next week, but holy fuck. They nailed it. Again, I could this. not be... I mean, there, there's a few things which I will pick up on the Codex. Yep. I'm not saying the Codex is perfect. No, no, no. But the writer... I would say the Tau Codex is one of my favourite publications for 8th edition. Yeah, it's... And I'm including Forgepain. Forgepain. <laughs> I'm yep. joking about Forgepain as well, by the way. For, just, Forge, but, yeah. That's silly. We complained about that already, but don't yeah. worry. We'll we'll go into that more next week. Okay, because we'll try and rattle through the rules a bit now. So Shadow Sun, we're not going to do the stats as we normally do, but Commanders, the main thing you need to know is they all hit on twos with guns, which is insane. Uh, she's basically a souped-up stealth suit. And the main bonus of her is, A, she's got minus one to hit at all times, and B, she can declare... What is it? It's... If I can find it... Oh, yeah. She can declare Kuyon a second time. So if, okay. you've, if you've declared Montecat or Kuyon, normally you can only do one or the other, and then you can only declare that once. That's it. You can't then declare the other one in another turn. No, it's done. With her, you can declare Kuyon again, even if you've done one of the others first. Even if it was Kuyon first. Yeah. Which, if you're doing Gunline Tau, she's not the most optimal commander points-wise, but good God, being able to reroll all failed misses for a second turn. If the Alpha Strike didn't do it, with Tau, the Alpha Strike will do a shit ton of work for you. You can basically have... Another insane round of shooting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice because a lot of named characters are not very good. Yep. Uh, she's definitely in the uh, well, she's, category. Although she's not great in of herself, but she's great just for that bonus. To the point where I'd be... Te- if I was trying to make my tower more competitive, I'd be tempted to bring her in. Uh, not All so right. much as a, like, um, I think is a deadly series that is the best way to run it. But I'd be interested to see how much you could push that bonus. Yeah, with, with stratagems and stratagems with and uh, missile sides, it'd, it'd be interesting. Either way, she's quite good. She doesn't see much competitive play at all, if any, just because of she doesn't do enough in of herself. But it's interesting, and she's a good alternative option to the Tau Commander. They don't perform the same role, which is great to see because normally a named character is just a straight up improvement. That's it. Such as Araman. There's no reason not to take Araman if you're going Thousand Suns. <laughs> yeah, they, they've made some strange decisions. Yeah. Farsight. Farsight, the boy. Da boy. Absolute boy. We love Farsight. He hits on twos in close combat as well, because he is an absolute boy. Yes, he, I, I I mean, he is, he is a boy. Yeah. He's he an absolute boy. Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. I still... A part of me... Yep. A Tau person hitting on twos, a part of me is just kind of... Ah, like... Really? Like, Tau were meant to be the guys that are kind of whiffy at close combat? Like, twos is very good. He used to it hit is. on threes. Yep. But now commanders hit on threes, so they had to buff him even further. <laughs> yeah, but why did commanders hit on threes? Because they're bosses. I'm going to say it's down to the AI in the suits being better at fighting than they are. Okay. All right. That's that's how I'll I'm explaining that. it. That's quite a good headcanon. Yep. So, Farsight. He is, a, for those who don't know, he's someone in a huge um, crisis suit with a power sword essentially of an ancient Xenos race it's awesome shit 
He really doesn't do much on the tabletop, though. Like, yeah, he's kind of like a Tau melee hero, but it's like, why yeah. are you taking a melee character? He can basically he can declare Montka again if you've declared one of the others, but Montka is really not that good. Yep. Um, he can make people reroll hit rolls of one in the fight phase if they're within six of him, which is really bad. <laughs> that does nothing. That's fantastic that fire warriors suddenly have a chance. They really don't. And that's it. Like his his weaponry, his his sword is quite nice, but it doesn't really do anything. And the same is true of his plasma rifle. Isn't it called the Dawnblade? It is called the Dawnblade. It's really cool. Yeah, like it's a nice name. We love Farsight, but he's not that great on the table right now. He's a four plus and vulnerable save though. So he does look fantastic. Yep. And if you field him, we'll we'll respect you. And also, don't forget, Tau players. I mean. It's an unpopular faction because of seventh. Yes, and I think if you take Farsight, you will win a lot of uh, kudos. Kudos. Yeah. yeah. If you turn up with just the gun line and that's it, people are going to be a bit suspicious. If you turn up with Farsight, they'll high five you as you then gun line them to death. But the Farsight's there, so the it's all okay. Yeah. Okay. We then have the commander. We, this is the commander in a XV8 crisis battlesuit. This one is never run if you have the option. But the reason why it's here, and I love the fact it is here, is for people who just have like a crisis suit box. Like, oh, well, I want to have a commander. This is a way to give them a commander. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yep. Next question. Why do you have a crisis suit box? That's, we'll come to that later. It's a good question. It's, it's because, it's because you question. bought the £50 start collecting sex, you thought it was a bargain and didn't realise... Yeah, I, I think the only way you have an, a crisis suit in this edition is if you don't have the rulebook. Yeah, if you didn't have any before now, it's just, yeah. <laughs> okay, we then have the commander in the actual commander suit, which is a bit better than the last one. It has one more wound. Otherwise, essentially the same. And this is a, a more expensive kit, therefore more powerful. Therefore more powerful. That's that's your G, uh, your, uh, GW reasoning. Yep. And... Basically, again, both of these can declare Montcar Kuyon. That's why you'd have them. Good at what they do. They can buff up your gun line. Now we get to the the juicy bit. The Cold Star Commander. This is the final of the Commander variants, but fucking hell is it a cool one. His base movement is 20 inches. If he advances, you don't roll d6. You just move an additional 20. Or up to. This man can move 40 inches a turn, hitting on twos. He's basically a plane. He is basically a plane. It's absolutely <laughs> awesome. He's a plane which doesn't have to keep on moving. He's a plane that can pivot on the spot. Like, the G-forces would annihilate his little Tau body in there. I have no doubt. But it's fucking awesome. See, I always imagined that inside the Tau crisis suits, unlike yep. Iron Man, yep. uh, they actually had, like, absorptive gels around them so that they could... So I mean, that's all just headcanon. I'm I mean, sure yeah, there's, there's no way there's space for even a Tau person in these suits if you look at them, but... Damn it, it's cool. <laughs> they're all in the head. Yep. They're very good at origami. <laughs> okay, Cold Stars. They're basically run normally with four fusion blasters, which means you have four melter guns, which can go 40 inches on the first turn, right next to whatever you need to shoot. You can then shoot it, and it dies if it's a vehicle, generally. Now, some people say that if you do that and you pop the vehicle, that's it, good trade, Cold Star done. I would argue no, you can get more value, but they're really fucking cool. Okay, let, let, let's ignore that. Yep. Let's yeah, ignore yeah. how yep. people are behaving. Yep. One of the large problems yep. that Tau in the Index had yep. was that the Cold Star Commander yep. was so good... No. No? Not the Cold Star in any way. Not the Cold Star? No. I was about to bring this up, actually. Okay. Okay, so the Commander. Tau Commanders, so all the variants you've just heard about and the characters, 
have oh, by the way, in this codex. Sorry. Yeah. Just very, very quickly. The Tau Commander, not in the XV-88. Yep. The, the XV-8, do you mean XV-88 is the prototype? Yeah, sorry, XV-8. This is the XV-85 Enforcer Battlesuit. The... Oh, God. <laughs> so, do you mean the XV-85, which is the... I mean the big one. Yes, the XV-85. The big one. Buff Mender. Yep. Yeah, he he has all the abilities to buff things. Carry on with your little... As do the others. So. Oh, damn it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, in the Index, the most compa- competitive Tau army that was run, or at least one which was fielded most frequently, was a shit ton of commanders and a shit ton of drones. Because if you compare a commander to a crisis suit team, it's really sad for the crisis suit team. Because the amount of... The amount of uh, firepower commander can bring for the same cost or lower cost even much lower cost yeah and also because uh, commanders can also deep strike all of them can deep strike essentially this meant you could just drop a shit ton of commanders somewhere a bunch of drones and drones have in this edition savior protocols if they're within uh, i think it's three inches of any uh, tau infantry or battlesuit unit instead of that infantry or battlesuit unit taking a wound you can basically do a two plus or instead of that make when they make their armor save it changed from index to codex when right. they make their armor save you can choose to instead do a two plus and if you make that 2+, the drone takes a mortal wound instead of any damage being done to the commander or the commander making any saves. Which meant the commanders were basically invincible with a shit ton of firepower. Also, you can't shoot them past the drones. And you can't shoot them past the drones because they're characters. So if you have less than 10 wounds. Yeah. If you, so if you have uh, drones in the way, there was no way you could shoot them. It's, it was dumb. And GW stepped in and went, look, so we're going to change that for the Codex. In the Codex, they've now said you can only have one commander per detachment as a way of combating this, which people complained about a lot at the time, which I understand because they changed how one strategy worked, therefore you have to think for yourself to try and come up with a new list, no. which is very hard to do. No, that's too salty. That is too salty. No. I, I dislike it because it removes options, and when you remove options from a player, it is quite annoying. So I, say, for example, yeah. you created a really fun list that yeah. had a lot of uh, synergy, yeah. all about fast attacks, suddenly one of your, your key units just gets extremely limited. Yeah. You're like, well, what do I do? It was... The biggest problem I have with it, though, that change, is it was very heavy-handed, particularly as the rule of three changed, so you can only have three of one unit in your army. Anyway. Just around the corner. Yeah. Which essentially stopped that spam in its tracks and then made having commanders more difficult. Anyway. For Tau, as well as that. So, as a whole, I would think that change should probably be reverted. Yeah, no. I, I wouldn't have any problem with it being reversed. Because yeah. you can only take three commanders anyway. Yeah. Taking three detachments isn't that difficult it's at not, all. Yeah, because you can have a detachment for... What is it? It's 16 points times three? No, it's... Yeah, 16 points times three. No, no it's just four points times four. Yeah, yeah, 16 times three. Sorry. <laughs> I, it's been a long is, day. It's a very long day. 48 points. Yeah, so 48, 40, points, 48, 48 points commander. and a commander. That's a detachment done. Tau can do things very cheaply. So it, it really wouldn't change much, uh, much other than having to buy recruit uh, models, some recruit hand models. Commanders are amazing, though. This is a thing which shouldn't be underestimated, because there's the consensus now and again that Tau have bad stuff this edition. This is only in comparison to 7th. The Tau Commander is a fantastic HQ. It is an absolute boss when it comes to damage output or buffing your army. Because if you buff just one unit of missile sides with the reroll misses, that's a shit ton of damage. Shit ton of value. It's a shit ton of value. And the other thing to remember is everyone else is heroes. Like, heroes are not good. 
this edition. They're not. Because they really offer so little damage. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to start Death Watch and it's just sad. It the heroes sad. are the most unnecessary, depressing, expensive tax on an unnecessary, expensive army. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Alan got the Death Watch Codex. Uh, trying to figure them out. We've got some cool stuff for Death Watch coming. We, like, we there do, is some yeah. cool stuff we, we some can cool ideas. talk about. However, but, just talking about heroes here. Yeah. Heroes are bad. Like, normally heroes are attacks. Yep. And people take the cheapest option of yep. HQ in every single army just so they can spam detachments. Yep. Because heroes are bad. Heroes are the attacks. Yeah. However, in the Tau Codex, your heroes are actually really good. Yeah. Like, which is refreshing to see because I hate having shite heroes. It is. Yep. It's nice to have good heroes. You don't normally see multiple commanders. Well, you can't have a multiple detachment anyway. But you generally just have like one per sort of competitive army for the buffs. Because that buff is insane. Sometimes two? Sometimes, sometimes two, yeah. Two. Like, because sometimes they won't have a cold start to just go, oh, so you have like a little basilisk line back there. I'll fly this in, blow up one, maybe two, then assault one, locking that down completely. Yeah, that, that is a great, uh, a great option as well. Yeah, commanders are awesome. Okay, so onto the ethereals. Unvar, otherwise known as the Space Pope. Yeah. He's not really that good. He's pretty bad. Yeah, he's a more expensive <laughs> ethereal, and ethereal's main benefit is that they're cheap. So yes, yes. Because he, he's a little bit better stats-wise, but then they're, they're never in combat. They're never. They're actually worse in combat. Cause he's only got strength of two, but they're never in combat. They're never being shot at, and if they are in combat or being shot at, you've probably lost because you've lost everything in front of them. It does the same buffs. Which I'll cover when we get to the ethereal proper. I'm just going to cover the two characters real quick. Well, we we can start talking about the law, because I don't think this guy encroaches too much on what we have planned for the next episode. The like, space pope. The space pope. Yeah. He he's fairly prevalent with the Tau. I don't know, but we, we can just dance dance over his. Can we? Yeah, I think we can. Can we? He's pretty key. He's one of the key figures. I was going to dance over the next one's law a little bit because that one's not really relevant, but. The Space Pope's pretty fucking key. I mean, I want to talk about the Space Pope, though. Do you want to... Go, okay, fine. okay. Destroy, I, destroy the system and regime, which we've had so carefully cultivated. All right, I, I will just have a little bit. They nailed it with the Space Pope. They did, they absolutely they did. They nailed it with the law. So for, for anyone that doesn't know, spoilers. If you care about the Space Pope, if you have posters of him in your room, if you have a small candle-haunted uh, <laughs> shrine to the Space Pope... You may want to switch off for a minute, because he's dead. I don't think this is a great revelation, but yes, he is dead. I just I wanted to warn people with heart conditions. Damn it, I didn't. They're already dead. No, you didn't. They're, they're, gone. they're already dead. Yeah, basically, he's dead. He's been dead for some time, but they have holograms and basically guards keeping guard of the holograms so no one goes too close to them. So nobody Parade- disrupts the, yeah, the holograms. Parading around <laughs> as the space boat, as this great propaganda machine. Because the Tau are fantastic, this edition, when it it's comes to... so amazing. Lord. I love that, that he's just a hologram. And it's written well. Like, they actually do this well. Anyway, great shit. That's enough. That's dipping the toe. Okay, so the buffs we'll get into in a moment. Oh, sorry, he has the grand... Oh, yeah, sorry. He is slightly better in that he can invoke two elemental powers. Great, but you probably only want one. Yes. <laughs> That's the problem here. Um, the other interesting rule he has is... Oh, no, here's two. One is Supreme Loyalty, which is you can re-roll all failed morale tests... Sorry, re-roll failed morale tests for all friendly Tower Empire units, so anyone on the battlefield can re-roll. But you're probably running min-size units, so it never matters. Anyway, he also has Paradox of Duality, which is just cool. 
When this unit attacks during the shooting phase, it may add, rather than subtract, the AP of the attack to its save characteristic, EG AP minus one adds plus one to the save. I'm blaming holograms and shit. <laughs> I have no idea how that works. Yeah, that's just space magic. Also, I don't know why he's being shot, because once again, <laughs> he's got less than ten wounds. The only reason why he's being shot is because you've lost. Just send him out front. Send him to tank all the shots with his two plus armor save. That's true. All game, Unless they game. shoot him with last guns, in which case he's very fucked. He's in trouble. There's toughness of three and a five plus armor save. On she, the other named ethereal. This dude is if you want to have the close combat ethereal, which is a strange choice, because that's not what they do. It's 100% of the time, because they are about close combat. Take Farsight, take this guy, and take the world. I think you just cry. Okay, here's a 4 plus and vulnerable save, which is unique to ethereal. He also is just a bit better in close combat. So at the beginning of each fight phase, he's a blade master. Beginning of each fight phase, choose one of the following effects to last till the end of the phase. Either there's attacks of AP-2, or reroll failed and vulnerable saves for this guy. Either one's bad because you're in close combat. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, it, there's no point taking this guy. He's never taken. Unless you like him because he's cool. He's really cool. His lore, briefly, old guy retired to a planet somewhere. The retirement jewel planet of the Tau Empire. And orcs turned up. He basically fended them off and led a bunch of firecar soldiers to victory against them. And it very clearly states the Tau... The rest of the Ethereals... Sorry. The Ethereals are on Var then decided... He should be used out front again and used him as a propaganda machine. Nothing about him choosing to. Just just the town propaganda machine decided we need this guy out front. That's what he's doing. No retirement for him. He's basically the Expendables, but in 40k. He's not the Expendables, though, because he's, he's important. He's the opposite of the Expendables. No, he's the, the morale the booster. The Expendables are important in their expendability arm. Sylvester Stallone... I don't want to give this. I don't want to give that franchise rough. any airtime after their Terry Crews can't be in the next film unless he drops the sexual assault case. I've what? Told you, I've told you this. What? I've told you this. Okay, that's way too political. But I know. Okay, Bullshit. basically Terry Crews was going to be in the next one, and then he's been told he can't be in the next one unless he drops his case about that producer who touched him up. Wow. That's why I. I, I wow, I, he I, is not the Expendables from space. He is way too much class. Yeah, a. I told you this already. Like, a few weeks ago. I wasn't listening. I am well aware. I'm never listening. B, B, fuck the Expendables. Or at least its producers. Yeah, fuck I'm sure there's some talented special effects people on that team. Yeah, credit to them. Credit to them. (laughs) You don't fuck with the crews. The crews doesn't do that. No, yeah. Don't fuck with them. Yeah, leave leave Terry alone. Bullshit. Okay, the other reason for taking this ethereal, back on topic. Yeah. He's pretty done cheap, isn't he? Yeah, but not compared to an ethereal. Okay, but if, like, if you wanted four <laughs> ethereals... But you don't need that. Okay, so we'll just cover the ethereal. Really the, ethereal the basic ethereal is just a town man with a stick. There we go. Who sings some songs and buffs you dudes. He doesn't sing songs, but he buffs you dudes. He's never doing anything, or he never should do anything. There we go. That, that's their role. Yeah. But the buffs they provide. A. Units within six of friendly ethereal may use the ethereal's leadership characteristic instead of their own making morale tests. So leadership of like six... Yeah, six or seven, depending if the sergeant is alive goes to nine, which means you're like never failing if you're in-size units. The other yep. thing they do is invocation of the elements. A. Come of the tide. Subtract one from any morale test made for units by for affected units. You're never using that if you're playing them at all properly. B. Storm of fire. Reroll hit rolls of one in the shooting phase for affected units that remain stationary in the movement phase. Not bad if you're doing gun line, but you have marker lights, so it's not really worth it. C. Sense of stone. Whenever a model... If model in an infected unit loses a wound, roll a d6. When a six, that model does not lose that wound. This is fucking insane. 
This is how you make your Tau gun line vastly more survivable, by giving everything a 6 plus feel no pain for an absurdly cheap price. We then have Zephyr's Grace. Re you can re-roll the dice for affected units when they advance. Worthless. <laughs> You're taking Ethereals to give your gun line a 6+, plus. feel no pain. Which is great, considering how cheap you can have your guys and how many you can have. Yeah, and how many you can quote-unquote barrel stuff around an Ethereal. Yeah. Ethereals. But, but by the way, yep. Ethereals have spears. They have Why? sticks with cardboard boxes on the end in the vague shape of spear tips. <laughs> Let's be fair. They do look absolutely I, terrible. I have they no doubt like, it would hurt. It would bruise a lot if they hit you. But it doesn't I don't look think sharp. No. Look, and also, ethereals are like super weak to me. They look super They're like flimsy. giant plastic paddles on sticks. Yeah, I, I think it does more damage it falling over toppling because it's yeah. too top heavy. Yeah. That's why they're all upright because the ethereals can't actually swing them. They just topple over on you. That's true. That's very true. Why? They're meant to be diplomats, aren't they? No. That would be the water cast. Oh, I'm sorry. Not yeah. the ethereals. No, that... Not th the ethereals. Not the guys that's that a, guide that's the a... race. Why are the guys guiding the race at the front line? Never mind. Never mind. Because Tau Propaganda Machine leading. Can't Fireblade. The other HQ you're definitely taking. He has some stats. They don't matter. He hits on twos and shooting. Doesn't matter. He has a basic gun. Doesn't matter. He has a marker light. That's pretty key because he they can then marker light stuff on a two plus or three plus if you've moved. That's pretty nice. Main thing why you have him though is volley fire. Models in the same faction as him within six inches of a of a cartridge fire blade may fire an extra shot with pulse pistols, pulse carbines, and pulse rifles from shooting a target within half the weapon's range. This means your rapid fire is three shots per person. This is insane. At 15 inches. At 15 inches, because town weaponry is rapid fire 30. It all, is it 30 or 36? It's rapid fire 30. 30. Or if you're running the other gun, it's assault 2, 18 inches. That's right, you have a 3 inch range where you're getting more an extra shot. And then you have a card or fire blade, it's just. Look, don't go for the 18 inch range gun, that's what I'm telling yeah. you. Never, never build it. Pulse it's rifle, never been, not carbine. Yeah, carbine has never been better. Yeah. Never, 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 never. Don't take it. Card or fire blade, super cheap as well. Both card or fire blade and ethereals. Are very cheap for leaders. And just going back to the marker lights. Yep. Cardra fire blades. You are taking cardra fire blades if you're taking fire warriors in any serious numbers. Not even like any serious. You have like twenty cardra fire yeah, blades worth th taking. They are super cheap. Also, if you're spamming for HQ just for yep. detachments. Yeah. Again, fire blades are just so good. Like they are the cheap option that yep. is also really good. Like say for example, Admech. I yep. can take tech priest engineers. Tech Priest engineers are just wank. They're yeah. 35 points of wank. They're god-awful. They can repair maximum, like, two to three wounds a turn. These guys are, like, 42 points, and they're insane. Yeah, I think Tech Priest is 35, so it's cheaper, yep. but it does nothing for me, yep. other than fills up the slot. So, we're not even done with the HQs yet, but so far in the Tau HQs, we've had actually really fucking good um, HQ for combat, which is better than most armies have who's also great at buffing better than most armies have, we then have a bunch of minor, really cheap guys, great for filling out detachments with their cost, who were also great at buffing. Yep. Like, you for normally get one well. of these factors, whereas the Tau have both factors... Uh, Tau have, like, two factors per unit here so far. Yeah. I, I, the Fireblade is just insane. Yep. I mean, the Fireblade might be point for point one of the best HQs in the game. Quite possibly. Like, an unsung hero, just hitting on twos with a marker light. Yeah. It's like a free marker light, basically. Yeah. And once you get that first hit, the next Fireblades, twos, rerolling ones. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's ridiculous. They're really good. As are Ethereals. If you're, but Ethereals are only good if you have, like, sufficient. Like, you can't just have 20 Fire Warriors and an Ethereal. You want more yeah, than that. You have to... Although it does affect things like Riptides. 
Yep, true. Yep. Okay, Dark Strider. Another HQ character. Basically, he's a Pathfinder, so he's a little scouty boy. Um, but the reason why you take him, he's a little bit more expensive than like Ethereals or Fireblades, but he has the Structural Analyzer unit, uh, bonus that's, thing. That's pronounced Analyzer. I was going to make that joke, decided to be more of a man. As it is. How is that being more of a man? By being a grown up. That doesn't mean okay. more of a man. Structural Structural Analyzer. Analyzer. In your shooting phase, pick a friendly Tau, same faction. Sorry, it has to be Tau faction because he is Tau. He is Tau. Um, Tower infantry unit within six of him, and pick an enemy unit that's visible to him. Till the end of the phase, add one to wound rolls made for the friendly tower infantry unit's attacks against the target enemy unit you picked. Now, as just a thing to fill out some slots, this guy's pretty good because he can buff a lucky unit of ten fire warriors to be um, wounding stuff on threes or twos, etc. Specifically infantry. Specifically infantry. Like okay. he's not the most popular, but if you have like ten points left over, you can go. Well, I may just replace one of like my fire blades with this guy. Like he's not a bad option. Is he better than a fireblade though? No triple shot. No triple shot, but if you already have a fireblade or something, like he's not too bad. He's an option. That's the thing. This, this is the bad Tau HQ, other than Onva or Onchi. Ignore those two. <laughs> Ignore them. This is like the middle of the ground one, and even then, middle ground, and even then he's like, eh, I'm tempted. Okay. Long strike. Bucking great. This guy's a silly bugger. Yeah, this he's a bit. A really he's a bit expensive, bugger. especially compared to the other leaders here, but. Toughness 7, 13 wounds. He's a tank, for those who don't know. He's a literal tank. He's a dude in a tank. And he's a tank commander that comes with the tank. Tank commander that comes with the tank. And he's rather good. Interesting enough, you can actually replace his war gear, which amazes me. I would have thought he'd have a set loadout of, like, he has, you know, one or the other. He doesn't. He, you can now, have... Well, actually, because they, they introduced uh, Kronos and Pask. Before yep. this guy, I believe. Yep. And both Kronos and Pask could choose different tanks to go in. That and strikes th- me as weird. Well, they were just meant to be ace tank commanders. Yeah. And, by the way, that's Imperial Guard and Space Marines. Yep. Uh, sorry, Ultramarines only, because only yep. they have good tank guys. Only them. Only the Ultramarines have good guys. Only them have anything good. <laughs> they never went to chaos, guys. They never. <laughs> Ultramarines were never corrupted. They're always pure and perfect. It, it sounds like, you know, in, like, the playground... <laughs> As I'm often in. <laughs> but but you, you know when, when somebody's like, oh man, I hate Hot Wheels. And you're like, no, Hot Wheels is amazing. You're like tearing up. and Because like, they've insulted Hot Wheels. Yeah, it's basically that with the Ultramarines. They never went to chaos. You shut up. That's basically the Ultramarines, like defense lawyer. Oh, uh, Ultramarines. I'm sorry, we had to sneak that into yeah. the Tower review. They will never go and have remote. That's it. That's, that's we all. got it. That's we got a shot. That's okay. a body shot. Long strike. We'll cover the weaponry when we get to the actual hammerhead gunship, because it's more relevant there. But the main reason why you're taking this guy is, A, he hits on twos and shooting. Fantastic shit, especially with the very powerful weaponry you get on hammerheads. B, he buffs other hammerheads. So, other hammerheads. Let me find the exact... Where's the exact rule? Damn it. Yeah. Firecast Exemplar. You can add one to hit rolls in the shooting phase for friendly Tau, except hammerhead gunships within six of long strikes. And generally, you're running the Tau faction if you're playing Tau, because it's really good. It basically yeah. means your Overwatch is hitting on fives and sixes, which is doubling the effectiveness of your Overwatch, or saying your Overwatch is, effect- is, is basically 66% as effective as your shooting. It's great shit. Anyway, so you have this guy in a bunch of hammerheads, and it, you have a bunch of absurdly powerful weaponry hitting on twos. Then with any marker lights, re-rolling ones. Like, Wait, does the hammerhead hit on threes? Hammerhead hits on threes. Already? Already. With no buff? With no buff. Wow. Yeah. That's actually really good for tower shooting. Normally it's a four plus. Normally it's a four plus. Why does it hit on threes? 
because it's a proper big fuck off tank for aiming. Unlike the other big fuck off walkers they have for aiming, they don't yep. aim well. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's why we're running long strike. Basically, long strike. Question: Do you have hammerheads? If so, take long strike. Do you not have hammerheads? Don't take long strike. Easy solution. It's also a way of getting four hammerheads. It's a way of getting four hammerheads, which is great. If you're oh, going up against knights, good. long strike's the way to go, and they cry. I still, I still think hammerheads are really good. They are. I do really like. They them. are overshadowed slightly by another unit we're getting to. But, yep. But yep. From a point of view, again, semi-competitive, which is mm. where we like it. Where you yep. play to win, but you're not there to just crush your enemy. Yep. You're there for a fun game. Long strike's fun. He is also. He may be making a comeback. Maybe like this is a prediction. I think this is a prediction in general for Tau because uh, they've been a little bit quieter lately in tournaments. That's not because they're bad. Just because the current meta is going. Oh, we want to try more Dark Eldar stuff, which yeah. is pushing Tau out a bit. But as a result, people are bringing in more knights to go, haha, fuck you and your poison weapons, you don't do shit to a knight, because nothing does. At which point, Tau will step back in. Because knights are becoming more prevalent, Tau are fantastic counter. Yeah, Tau, Tau are have, incredibly strong. They have tools nice. everywhere to bring down knights. And Longstrike is one of them. Whether or not he's the, the final tool, as it were, the tool they choose the is the greatest... The final solution. <laughs> that's not what I oh. said. If they decide he's the greatest tool for the job, he is, be there. he is a big tool. He'll certainly be tested against knights. Yeah, I know he's great against knights as is, but yeah. maybe there's just better solutions because the Tau have so many. If you have a, a great uh, solutions, a knight player in your local gaming store, <laughs> yep, that's just a dick. Yep, and he's always going around, you know, waving his tabard and charging his steeds. Just ha, I beat your grey knight army with my knight army. Yes, well done. Yeah, well done to you, sir. Well yes. done. Yes. Just just bring your hammerheads. Bring the hammerheads. Bring the hammer home. Suck it! <laughs> Breaches. Getting onto the infantry section. That is HQ's turn. The HQ's pretty fucking great across the board. Thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up all the way. That's not a phrase I need to use. <laughs> Breacher team. Breacher that team. proctology exam really changed you. <laughs> it made me. <laughs> Nobody cared who I was to thumb up my house. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Breacher team. <laughs> There'll be nothing if I removed it. You'll run, and they'll chase it. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't have to, son. It sounds cool. Breach team. It's basically a fire warrior team, otherwise known as a strike team nowadays. Which is oh no, did they change it to strike team? Yes. Oh no. Yes. I'm guessing fire warriors are the like overarching title for breaches and. I would strike guess so, teams. or they're just warriors. The fire cast. So I I see oh, strike right. team as not being too bad a change, but. It's also, it's also short and easy to say, but everyone calls them Fire Warriors because that's what they are. Breacher Team. What they are is Fire Warriors. If you took away the amazing 30-inch range guns, rapid fire, which can be buffed by cartridge fire blades, and you gave them shotguns that have technically a 15-inch range, but they have different profiles depending if they're 15, 10, or 5-inch ranges, and are only really worth it at 5 inches away. Which, if you're Tau, hard to get them there. Expensive to get them there if you're using Devilfish. They're going to die immediately. It does yeah, nothing. You are also way too close. Yeah. See, but they're cheap infantry. So are Fire Warriors. Strike yeah. Team, as they're called. Speaking of Strike Team. Hold on. Breaches for a moment. Yeah. Breaches are really fucking awesome. They're, I fucking love them. They're, they're really cool. Like they, the idea of uh, Devilfish dropping a bunch of them off and then storming you know, a bunch of crying civilians' houses they played not to be part of the Tower regime. Have, have blocks. Awesome shit. Tower Empire, not very nice sometimes. 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 Can be very But they nice. have some really idyllic worlds, like actually proper idyllic worlds. Yeah. As long as you conform to the greater good. I would go to the town. If I was an Imperial citizen, I'd go to the town. I'd be super tempted. I, I would do it. I'm not. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. If you don't know the whole mechanisms behind the town, you'd be like, fuck it. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. 
and that's... like Gene Steeler can't fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gene Steeler, you don't really get a choice. They kind of brainwash you like pretty easy. Yeah, also somebody you get impregnated, which is a weird part of the gene steal the cults. Like, I'm, I think, I'm thinking it's more they... along the lines of like alien, like you get an egg put into you by like proboscis rather than it. It hold on, yeah, that's what I imagined. That's yeah. why I head cannoned. Yeah, but the seventh edition codex really kind of hammered it home that it's like a bit of a see every other thing, including the old law and more recent law, said it's more like an egg thing shoved into your chest. Seventh edition was fucked. Well, it turns out it's egg shaped. <laughs> Seventh edition, weird as shit. No one liked it. Glad it died. I liked I liked Gene Steeler Cults though. Other than that bit, that bit made me uncomfortable. Gene Steeler Cults making a comeback was good. Seventh edition as a whole, yeah. Glad it died. Strike team. This is the other option for infantry. Basically, same as the breacher team, same stats, same save. Four plus armor save, by the way, on these guys. Which for infantry, fantastic. These guys are also cheap as shit. There's like seven points. Insane. Let me pause you there. Yep. First question. Yep. Do you like winning? Yes. Fire Warriors. Slash it's that. So Strike team. <laughs> yeah. So- okay. Se- second question. Yep. People were super unhappy with Fire Warriors. So ridiculously unhappy because they're like, they hit on fours, they're toughness three, they have a four plus arms. Like, what is this shit about? They should be Space Marines. Answer. No, they should not. No. These... Space Marines are genetically monstrified humans. Yes. The whole... But they're, like, really well trained. And to be fair, the Firecast, which is where these guys come from, are kind of bred to be warriors. Yep, fair enough. Yep. They also don't compare to genetically engineered freaks yeah. with multiple hearts. Like, you have to think the whole whole uh, headcanon here, yep. a Space Marine, is stronger. He can control the recoil of his weapon. His vision... Is incredible. Unlike the Tau, who are short sighted? They're long sighted, I think. No, they're short sighted. Long sighted would have made sense. Oh, okay. Anyway, actually. Due to the way they have massive issues fighting close combat for unknown reasons. By the way, I found out from my optician long sighted, short sighted doesn't matter. It just means that you struggle to focus. If you have 20 20 vision, you have better vision than both. Ha! Alan has 20 20 vision. I have. Fuck you. (laughs) Someone does not. Someone else does not. Yeah. Basically, I have a lazy eye, right? So one of my glass lenses is, like, fucking bulletproof. <laughs> like, if you look at it top down, it's, like, one inch thick. Like, like my head should be tilting to one side. That's the towel. Versus the 2020 uh, Space Marine vision. Yeah. And the other... Space Marine reactions. Space Marine reactions are meant to be incredible. Like, yep. it's... You see a target, bang, bang. It's gone. Shut it down. There's no hesitation. Yeah. Tau Fire Warriors should be worse than Space Marines. I don't also, get how you say it. They're not... This is the insane thing here. Yeah, they're not bad. Everyone going, they're worse than Space Marines. Only if you don't think about this at all. Oh, no, they don't hit on threes. Okay, they don't hit on threes. They're not genetically engineered super freaks. Super freaking now. (laughs) They don't have a three plus armor save. Everyone else does. A, no, they don't. B, a four plus armor save on something this cheap is insanely good. Yeah. And if you do the maths on it, and I have... Strike teams are far more cost efficient than Space Marines. Against Space Marines, against tanks, against just about anything. Yeah. And that brings me nicely because to a macro change. Yep. Now, th- this is my specialty. Macro changes between 7th and 8th. Yep. Okay, Fire Warriors received a nerf Yep. in the macro change that Strength 5 versus Toughness 3 used to be winning on 2s. Yeah. People were super unhappy about this. They were like, fuck Guardsmen, I'll never beat anyone. Now my Fire Warriors can't wound things on 2s. Yep. Se- second of all, you know, come on, let's just let's stop whining. Yep. Let's grow a pair. Yep. <laughs> 
Just saying it. Just saying it needs to happen. Yep. Just things have changed. Move on. Accept it. Yeah. And everything got faster. So Tyranids got faster. You're in trouble. In you're um, in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble. However, yep. Strength five put them so ridiculously into the game because you're now wounding toughness eight yeah. on fives. But th- this is where other infantry armies will struggle when it comes to, say, knights, because of toughness eight. Toughness eight, basically, compared to other vehicles, t- toughness seven, you can ping off a few wounds with space marines against toughness seven, etc. Toughness eight is just where it says no. Or if you're looking at similar levels of cost, because strike teams are not costed about the same as a space marine unit, or death watch unit, <laughs> good god, um... They're costed about as much as a Guardsman unit. And Guardsman units are wounding toughness 7 on 6s. Strike team strength 5 means wounding knights on 5+. plus. Yeah. This we- means you technically don't have to have anti-tank in your army. You don't have to have dedicated anti-tank. You can get by with just fire warriors. Yeah. I mean, we received a little bit of flack about it. We did. But ages ago, we just said take a list of 210 fire warriors and then supporting characters for like yeah. 2,000 points or whatever it was. Because it's just ridiculous. Now, yeah. second point I'd like to point out is yep. that Tau have leadership seven. Yep, uh, Sergeant has leadership seven. They have leadership six in the fire warrior. Yep, continue. Yep. If you have an ethereal yep. and you're running min size squads of five, as yep. you pointed out earlier, morale is not ever an issue for Tau. If you don't have an ethereal nearby, if you have min size unit of five and you lose four, yep. and you're obviously keeping the um, Sergeant alive, because why wouldn't you? Only a die roll of a five. No, and a four. And a four, sorry. Four or five, you lose a guy. Five, five? five, you lose two. But if you have an ethereal, leadership nine, you lose oh, four, yes. you go to five. Yeah. But on a six, you always pass. Yeah, a six, so you if, always pass. If you have ethereals nearby, morale is just not an issue. You Tau don't have, need to worry about it. Tau bonding life ritual, which means on the roll of a six, take a morale test, you automatically pass. So you can just be completely immune to morale. You will make most of the weapons ineffective. There was a fucking champion on the Tau subreddit. I can't. I, I can't I, remember his I name. I wish I'd found his name for this. Yeah. But he's a champion. It was probably about a month or two ago when someone was discussing knights and saying it was shortly after Knight Codex came out, and they were like, "Tau just haven't got any answers. How the hell are we meant to do this?" Like, it was one person who was particularly whiny. Other people are saying, "Look, we do have this. We have the other." And someone stepped in and went, "Hang on, we're one of the best armies. Not just saying we have good tools." He went, "Look, if you take just a bunch of fire warriors against three Castellans, nah, like the Castellans will always kill them. No, they won't." Assume the Castellans do maximum damage with all their guns. Each volley kills the squad. They can't kill the squads in time for the Fire Warriors to bring them down, on average. In terms of the Fire Warriors doing average damage, the Knights doing maximum. They can't deal with them. Yeah. That's how... Fire Warrior spam of five-man units is just obscene. It's scary. I I see a lot often... Tau tau players are struggling this edition. This this is just a a large-scale thing. Okay, the vocal ones are struggling. Yeah, the vocal ones. Because I think a lot of guys are just getting on with it yeah, and yeah. playing the game. To be fair. Now, if you're struggling with the Tau Codex, I think you need to stop and you need to think. Because a lot of people are thinking, I go Riptide. I'm not winning games, yep. I'm just going to bring Riptides. No. It's always Fire Warriors. If you yep. like winning games, take more Fire Warriors. Fi- Riptides aren't a bad option, as we'll get to. Riptides but, are not a bad option at all. Yeah, but if you're thinking, should I take this? Say, should I take Fire Warriors instead? The majority of the answer is Fire Warriors instead. Yeah. There's very few... like, And that, that's why we're talking about the Hammerhead. Yeah. And the Hammerhead is in a competitive slot. It's actually with Fire Warriors. It's competing with, the, with Fire Warriors. basic infantry. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the thing. The Tau... A lot of codices have one fantastic unit you build around. The Tau have multiple. I, I wouldn't say the Tau have 
fantastic units. The Fire Warrior is a fantastic unit. Yeah. The Tower Codex has a lot of very strong units yeah. that have a lot of synergy, not symbiosis. That's true. They have a lot of synergy and they have a lot of interlocking elements. Like the entire book is built around different things doing different jobs and yeah. working together. As and all for the greater good. Again, yep. the Tower should be working to support each other because law-wise, that's exactly what they do. And this is, again, kudos yes. to the writer of the Codex. Yeah. They, they completely... Nailed it. They they wove it between all the Tau units that they work together and they buff each other, and that's how it works. That's how your army works. You need yeah. things to work together. So I'm sure the people that are losing are just taking like solitary units. Like okay, I take this, I take that. There's no re-rolling. There's yeah. no bloody blah. Space Marines are taking reboot Gilliman. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> Fuck reboot. <laughs> resist. Yeah, and, and you're struggling. You know. Yeah. But you need to think. How can they work together? And yeah. once you look at things that work together, like I collect Death Guard, nothing works together. Like basically nothing. It's like okay, this is strong because there's auto hitting flamers. Does it not have auto hitting flamers? No, it's weak. There's just there's no interplay really. I mean, you could take things to buff the infantry, but the, as, as we said in the previous uh, review, yeah. No. All all, <laughs> yeah, all the Death Guard stuff is very sad. It, it's independently bad and doesn't work together well. Whereas <laughs> the Tower stuff works. Great by its well, works good by itself for the greater good by itself, some would say, but together is where it's really good. So, props to the writing team on this, or yeah. if it was just one man, props to him. And unfortunately, because of the whole, I, I'm gonna say it's Matt Ward here, yep, uh, because he got so much hate and death threats and things like that, which we 100% do not agree with. Yeah, like, he writes bad law. I, I don't think he should have got death threats. Exactly. Hate, on the other hand, I mean, no, I, I, it, again, I don't think people should be writing to no, your personal no, address no. to hate no, no, you. No, 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 something came out him, but. I, but I think it, it's yeah. it's fair enough to be unhappy yeah. with some of yeah. the law yeah. because it, it is personal. Everyone has a, a an investment in their their army, their law, yeah. everything like that. So sadly, all the names got removed from the codices because yeah. previously you'd see who wrote it. Which this is. As I would love to know who wrote this, yeah. so I can send them personal fan mail. Yeah, I hated Tau in seventh. I really hated Tau in seventh. I faced so many Riptide lists. I faced so many gun. Uh, gun lines, you know, because everyone was playing them because they're all really strong, blah, blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. Whoever wrote this codex, have have a bunch of flowers. Yeah, they, well done. they brought it back in line and it remains strong and it plays in a way in which the Tau army should do thematically, which a lot of armies struggle with because a lot of the sort of more competitive ways to play something is just, it's not at all like the, uh, like the law says, but it's the most competitive way. Yeah. Like, even you're doing fi- Fire Warrior spam, Still taking a couple of ethereals and Kadra Fireblades and a bit of synergy. It's great. Or, or commanders. Or commanders, or commanders well. for yeah. buffs, you yeah. know. And that's the way it should be. Crute section. Okay, let's let's whiz through the crute section. Crute section is absolutely terrible. Yeah. Basically you have the crute carnivores, which are the basic guys. They're worthless, don't bring them. <laughs> I, I there's nothing more to say. Crute Shaper, he's an elite slot. He buffs basic crute. You're not taking crute, you're not taking him. Crutox riders. I used to love these models, by the way. Yeah, it hasn't aged well, I don't think. But it has not aged well. It's absolutely terrible. Done. There's more crew later, but we'll get them. Stealth suits. All right. Stealth battle suits. They're interesting. They're fun. They're also very annoying. They're quite, they're quite cheap what they do. They're very survival with toughness 4, 2 wounds, save of a 3+. plus. You can just chuck them onto some cover. That means it's suddenly a 2 plus armor save. They have minus 1 to hit at all times. They're great for objective camping and pissing your opponent off. Complaint. Yep. I am the opponent. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> Tower stealth suits have minus one to hit at all times. Which, you know, shooting, 
That makes sense because they're blending yep. in, they're disappearing. They're halfway across the world. Yep. Does anyone speak English? <laughs> My hate yep. is that they give minus one in close combat. They're blurry to look at. And, oh my god, it hurts so annoyingly. Because with Death Guard, there are a lot of results which are like sixes. Yeah. Sixes. Mean dixes. This this is a phrase that we've adopted. We don't know why, but sixes means dixes. Because normally sixes mean something good. So it means someone's, dixes? Someone's getting dicked. I think it means someone's getting dicked. Oh yeah, somebody's getting dicked. I dicks. think it came from the Knight Codex with the sixes mean two hits rather than one and that Gatling gun. Oh yeah, so sixes, sixes mean dixes. dixes. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about that silliness. Yeah. Yeah, so when you roll that six, it's now minus one. Uh, you never get your special ability. Power fists are now hitting on fives and sixes. You know, it's just... It hurts. It really hurts having that minus one in close combat. Because these guys are tough. They're annoyingly tough. They, they haven't got the, mo- the highest damage output. But they are just... If you sit them on an objective, they're sit really them somewhere annoying. annoying. They're really annoying. Because they won't die to standard infantry fire. Because it's basically yeah. a two plus armor save for two wounds. They're just cheaper terminators who have more damage output. They're better than terminators. They're more durable than terminators. They move faster. They can deep strike like Terminators. They are just really annoying to deal with. Oh no, they can't deep strike. Sorry, but they can like do a little move at the start of the game before anything else does. Yeah. Crisis battlesuits. This is where the next bit of controversy turned up. In that, in the index, justified. I was getting there. In the index, <laughs> crisis battlesuits were wildly overcosted, like extremely overcosted, ludicrously overcosted. You compared the cost of them to anything, and it was just depressing. In their cheapest, like you could make them, they were like near three hundred points. For three of them. And it's like, but what if I gave them less guns? It's like, well, then you're making them less efficient and even worse. There's no way to make them cheaper and better. So when the Codex came around, they changed nothing. Outrage was completely justified here. Like, anyone who was upset with the fact that Crisis Battlesuits weren't changed in any way. People were saying make them BS 3+, I would say no. Because that's a slippery slope to making a lot of things 3+, and the Tau shouldn't be, because they're great at being BS 4+. Making them BS 3+, would be an insane buff to the army. It's an extra 33% firepower across the board. Insane stuff. 33% more damage output for free. As it is, Crest Battleships should be way cheaper. Way too expensive. It yep. was... I was... I really wanted to have a Tau army based around battlesuits. It put me off Tau. Because I couldn't do that. It put, it put you off fielding Tau. I mean, you yeah. have a Tau army, but yeah. you just didn't want to field it. Exactly. Because it was silly. Because it was... Oh. They, they are ridiculously expensive to the point where they're not even like... If you're playing a fun game, yeah. if you're playing just... You, you can take some suboptimal stuff. units, or some fun units. These guys are ridiculously suboptimal. They are so bad, it negatively affects your play experience. They are anti-fun. Yeah. Like, to anyone that's losing, and they're taking crisis suits, instantly lose just, them Just get rid, of the, get rid of the crisis for suits. For anything. Take Crute instead of these guys. Like, yeah. Uh, unless you really like losing. And I, I've tried to do various things. I've tried to go with various strategies to try and make them as efficient as possible. Including looking at the Farsight bomb people come out with, you deep strike them, a whole bunch of buffs going off. And it does nothing for the cost. It costs like 800 points to do this. And it yeah. does nothing. It's like a really damaging bomb, but when you look at the cost of it, it's... It's not damaging, though. Like, it'll kill the unit of Space Marines, maybe, for 800 points. Yeah, it's... Uh... And you don't even do it turn one. But, yeah. You then have the Crisis Bodyguards, which is exactly the same, but more expensive. With a small rules change to help to uh, keep characters alive, which doesn't matter because characters aren't being shot unless they're long strike. Also, if they are being shot, other than long strike, other than long strike. Weird, weirdly, bodyguards do work for long strike. Don't they, they do, but you have to take three of them right. in a unit. Is it is there an FAQ that stops them from blocking? No, no, they strike? can block for long strike. It's okay. just to do so, you're paying. 
extreme premium. Yeah, you're paying like 250 points, 260 points, 270 points, 280 points, near yeah. 300 points. And if you have if you have Battlesuit Commander, they can just use drones as ablative wounds yeah. to intercept shots. Yep. Like last cannons, instead of doing D6 damage to a commander, you're just going to kill one drone. And yep. if it's a shield drone, it has a five blasts, feel no pain. <sighs> so, so maybe it survives, so your last cannon shot just does wank. Yep, most likely does wank. Great stuff. Firesight Marksman, he's the guy who controls the sniper drones. You're not taking sniper drones, you're not taking him. Ghost Keel. Ghost Keel's fucking awesome in that it is absurd, it's silly, it's got potentially minus two to hit when you're shooting at it, depending on what, how far it is, where it is, if it has drones nearby, etc. A bunch of really cool stuff. It can has a potentially high damage output of having a bunch of like anti-vehicle weaponry, and it's definitely not for every tower list in any way, shape, or form. If you're taking one of these, you have to build around it, you have to think about it, and you have to make it work. Okay, now what I like about the Ghost Keel yep. is, again, it's a massive fucking tick for the writer of this codex. Yep. The author, if you will. Yep. The penner. Yep. The Because pen. the... Uh. Oh. <laughs> That's not a problem. Continue. That's not a problem. Continue. Seventh edition. Yep. Ghost Keel. They released it as this, like, standalone kit. Yep. Uh, still is. Still is. Still is. <laughs> not a lie. It was ridiculously strong. It had, I think, six wounds. Which back in those days was a lot. Which was a ridiculous amount. That was uh, Carnifex levels. Yep. For being super cheap. Yep. Ridiculously cheap. And I think uh, the negative to hit modifiers, because basically Ghost Kills and Cell Suits, they have their negative hit modifiers. Yep. I think current Ghost Kill has minus two. Minus two if it's further than six inches away and if it has drones nearby like there's special stealth drones and there's minus two to hit yeah old ghost kill I believe used to go to minus three it had like a thing which you could debuff a unit as well to make them even worse at shooting like it had some silly stuff it was horrendous so it was ridiculously tough to kill uh, quite a lot of decent firepower yep you know it, it's firepower isn't obscene yep but back in those days uh, it's melted gun equivalents fusion blasters yep could still one shot tanks yeah whereas nowadays a fusion blaster never one shots a tank yeah. never ever like they're the ghost kill in this codex is in a really interesting place of being like basically perfectly costed in my opinion because you can run them pretty cheaply as re- as cheap distraction card effects you can tool them up to do a job but you have as I said you have to think about it. you have to actually do make, do a fair bit of work to make them work they can work they're not a bad unit but you just can't throw them in a, into any list so I really like that about them yeah they they are high durability yeah and slightly weak damage output when you actually look at it because of yeah, the four plus to hit its like, cost. it is slightly weak. Yeah. Uh, potential to high roll is obscene. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's a really cool unit because I used to hate the Ghost Kill. I used to hate it. Yep. And I'm so glad that they've done a lot to repair the unit. It's now not super competitive. No. But yeah, definitely usable. Yeah. It's not a crisis suit. No. By the way, we're, we're going to use a new term just for the just for these episodes. Yep. Which is crisis suit level, which is absolute dog shite. Yeah. Like, not even fun... To play, yeah. just so far dog shite. That it's, it, there's no fun that can be had. There's no way it could do a cool thing. It's just that awful. You can enjoy your opponent winning. Pretty much. You can be the ultimate, was it altruist? Altruist? Altruist. Altruist. Yeah. <laughs> Words not its forte. Okay. <laughs> Neither Rip- is speaking, listening, <laughs> or hearing. <laughs> Reptide. <laughs> the Reptide. Okay. Reptide is a controversial one for us in that everyone loves it. We don't. And the main reason why we don't love it is because we're saying earlier about the Tau Codex built around synergy and different units working together and different units having different jobs and being weaker in certain areas but better in others. The Riptide says fuck all that noise <laughs> because it basically does everything. 
It has a huge amount of damage output. It's very tanky. It's extremely mobile. It can do everything. It can gun line. It can go forwards and secure objectives. It has fly, so it can just fall back out of combat and shoot. It's really, really good. Like, it's at the point where whatever list you have, if you don't have a Riptide, you should probably have a Riptide. Yeah. Like, there's the, the thing I hear about the Riptide again. Everything that you said, yep, I agree with. Yep. It moves further than Crisis Suits, which yep. again is wrong. Yep. Crisis Suits are really slow in this book for whatever Crisis reason. Crisis Suits are just their own category. Yeah, they're dog shite. They're dog shite. <laughs> oh, God. So many questions. Like, what were they thinking? What well, were they that's thinking? Good, they said the Riptide was the um, the most recognisable unit for... Sorry, the... What was it? Key? The, what's the word I'm looking for? Iconic. I mean, yeah, the most the iconic, iconic unit. tower unit. Yeah. No, the Crisis, crisis suit, suit is the iconic tower unit. Always has been, always will be. It'd be like saying that the Centurion is the most iconic Space Marine unit. No, it's not! <laughs> yeah, it really isn't. But yeah. the Riptide yep. is the full-bodied wine of the Tower Codex. It is so good that almost any tower list, yep. you just pop a Riptide in, just yep. one, and it improves it. Yeah, it, it does anything you need it to. And... I really hate that. From a list building perspective, it yeah. is just an, a silly tool. Now, the other thing is that the Riptide yep. actually still has hatred towards it. Yes. And not my kind of hatred, where I don't like the model. Yep. I don't like the rules. Yep. And 7th edition. Don't like, don't like the role it has in the army. This isn't an army about one-man armies. Yeah. Other, other, other armies could have a unit like this, definitely. Knights, the, the entire Knight Codex is about units like this. We should do it better, by the way. But, now, people are actually super upset. Yep. Because the Riptide isn't the toppy, tippy tier. It isn't the best thing that's ever bested. Yeah, which it used to be. Which it used to be. Yep. It used to be just ridiculously good. And people are very upset about this. And to those people, yep. I would just like to say, please stop crying. <laughs> because the Riptide is not the easy win button it used to be. Because yep. basically, people online, and in real life, I have encountered these people, bizarre yep. as it may seem... <laughs> Where they say, yeah, it's really great, but it d- I can't just take three and win. Well, how... What? what? You know, how how can you be upset about that? You know, yeah, yeah it's a really good unit, but... I guess uh, I... I wish I could just win every I game. Now I have to three. play the game and, like, you know... And what sort of attitude is that? Like, I just want to take one unit and win. I don't want to think about list building. Yeah. I don't want to think about tactics. No, I, I don't want to think about anything else. I can understand people else. not being too interested in list building, just trying to have fun. Fair enough. Go for it. Do that. But... Yeah, no, no, but, but you're not you, you're not you, interested in list building. You're just yeah. going out for fun. But yeah. you're not just going out for fun. No, you're going you out want there to, to win. win. Yeah, it's really weird. Also, there's people were very upset when it when they were talking about it because um, it has 14 wounds, and if you want to overcharge its gun or give it a three plus invulnerable save, I believe it's called an overcharging. An overcharging or another bonus which no one cares about. Oh, yeah, sorry, it's, it can move two d six in your charge phase even if it doesn't declare a charge, which ain't bad. But you're comparing that to the other two options you never have. I mean, you used to do that for free, to be fair. Yep, Tau. 7th edition was bullshit. Yeah. Okay, but Nova Reactor, Nova Charging, basically buff up your main gun, and you're taking the big chain gun with this thing because it's just better in pretty much every circumstance other than knights. And knights shit on this model anyway, so don't try. But you have to pay one mortal wound to get one of those bonuses, which people people online were... Crying about, I yeah. hate. I hate to try and piss. Well, <laughs> the, the people were crying about it. They're very upset about it, which because in seventh, then it was basically on a two plus. You didn't take a wound. Yeah, on the roll of a one, you took one wound after yep. an overcharging, and I believe it was even at the end of your turn. 
Yep. So it didn't even really matter. If you had one wound and you did this, you could still shoot and then have your you'd take your wound at the end, maybe. So it wouldn't immediately kill you yeah. before you got shot. Now, people were saying this meant it was completely uncompetitive. You should never do this. How one mortal wound isn't worth it. First of all, you're an idiot. Brute after, fact. after saying that, no, you don't I don't want to be that no, combative. No, I, no, this 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 is this is the hill I will die on here. Okay, it's not the hill I'll die on. I'll watch you die. On the hill. <laughs> That's Probably. fair enough. Because I will compare this directly to knights. Basically, if we if we just double the wounds characteristics here to make it, you know, comparable. To make it a the bigger knight, the Dominus class knight. Twenty eight wounds. Yeah. Twenty eight wounds. I would happily pay two wounds to give it a three plus invulnerable save. Yep. I would do that every single turn. Yep. But that's because you got more wounds. I'm paying the same percentage, aren't I? Or buff up the main gun. Buffing up the main gun is insane. On the Riptide, with the gun you're actually using, it improves the damage output by fifty percent. That's fifty percent more shots for a wound on an amazing gun. Yeah, I would happily have that. Could you imagine if the conflagration cannon you paid two wounds and rolled an extra d6 for the amount of hits you get? Or las or, las predator, four las cannon shots. <laughs> pay one mortal wound, you get six. Actually, no, it'd be a bit less than one mortal wound because la, uh, las no, cannon. No, predators, I, I'm just saying one no, wound. Just no, pay no, one wound. I'm, I'm saying it would be less percentage-wise because they have less than fourteen wounds. Yeah, I'm, I, but I it's still for one wound. I you know. take the 50% yeah, bonus. You absolutely do. So, don't anyone crying about the fact you have to take a mortal wound for that bonus. You're wrong. Do it every turn, basically, unless you're about to die or yeah. it will bracket you. It's an amazing ability. Use it. Like, don't be afraid of it because it's going to damage you. That's fine. The improvement of damage output or survivability is insanely good. Yeah. I mean, if you just compare it to the Envon, forget the shooting. Forget yeah. The damage output. Yeah. Just say, going from a 3 plus Envon. Three plus invun and a five plus invun. Yeah. Are you going to take one extra wound if you're on the five plus invun? The answer is you're going to take more than one wound. Yeah. The anti tank is going to be doing more damage to this unit. You're ignoring. You're, yeah. You're improving your survivability. You're doubling your survivability versus anti tank shots for one wound. Yeah. And the annoying thing Amazing. here is that I see so many good tau players saying just do this, and then people argue with them and say that they're wrong. To those Tau players, to those guys who know what they're doing, keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, honestly. Keep going. Like we, we complain about people complaining online. Because people like to complain online. That's the forum to do it. Fair enough. Yeah, but, that's 100% but what now it's and again, Now and again, you see people who try and go, hey, look, maybe this is a different way of doing it, or maybe you should think about a different way. And they get shit on. They get shit on. To the guys getting shat on, keep on fighting. <laughs> like the Fire Warrior hero. Yes, that absolute hero, that boy. That dude needs to keep going. Yeah. I'll find out who he is. We'll get him in the next episode. We, we will. will get we him. will. We'll find him and we'll praise him. Praise him good. Like we should. Okay, Pathfinder <laughs> team. Basically, this is a bunch of dudes who fire marker lights. You run these guys because they yeah, then they, give you rolling ones detriment. and plus one to shooting, which are is they fantastic. Fast attack? They are fast attack and they're nice. cheap because Tau stuff is super cheap. Super cheap, eh? Super cheap. Okay, piranhas. They are the little like. Uh, Flying two two man horseshoe flying at you. Two man horseshoe flying at you, which is overcosted, doesn't do enough. It I, does look nice though. It looks really cool. I like it quite a lot. And for a while, there was a fashion where people painted them in Tron style. That's quite cool. It did look very cool. Yeah, I think it looked very cool. That could work. Sadly, they're really not good right now. Like maybe to go sit on an objective somewhere, but you can do that with a cold star or stealth suit or anything really. Yeah, like mo not mobility is not the tower's issue. Yeah, it's they really have not. So many answers. Yeah, they have, they have so many ways of doing that. Tactical drones, fantastic stuff. They basically come in units of four. You'll be taking a bunch of these if you want ablative wounds for stuff. Probably your reptiles if you're running them. 
And yeah, any battle suit unit they can take wounds. Any for. battle suit unit. Incidentally, the Riptide, not the Storm Surge. Not the Storm Surge. Or any infantry unit if you want to somehow tank your fire warrior shots. <laughs> yeah. No And you can have them either having like you can have one drone with four shots in it if you want, or marker light or shield drones against five plus single plane. Drones, pretty fucking good. If you're running anything you want protecting, run drones. Great shit. But you may even run them in place of um, Pathfinders if you're just want to shit in the marker lights. Vespid Stingwings, you're never running them. They're shit right now. God awful. As shown by the fact Games Workshop hasn't given them a new model, because they're not going to buff an old model to be good. It's the, the old model, by the way, if you remember Star Wars Episode 3. 2. 2. Geonotions. That's exactly what they are. <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen Star Wars Episode 2, good for you, don't. Yeah, don't, don't, for the love of God, do not watch it. Yep. Just Google, I hate sand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, Vespid Stingwings. People say now and again, like, maybe they're not that bad, because you know, if you compare them to breaches, they do kind of the same job, and the Vesper Stingwing gun ain't that bad, actually. And you go, yes, you're comparing it to breaches, which is not a good unit in the Tau Codex. Like, that's yeah. good. Uh, the, the, the breach is not too bad. You can definitely run them. You can make them work. You can run them with Viola. You can run them with Devilfish. Go for it. Try, about, try with it. Mess about with it. Have fun with it. But if you're just talking competitive, no. If you're talking Vesper Stingwings, just don't bother. If you want Vesper Stingwings, take breaches instead. <laughs> and they're hella sexy models. The, the, the uh, breaches, breaches, not breaches. the Stingwings. Crute Hounds, the one exception here to all of the other races in the Tau Codex are shit. Crute Hounds are insane. I, I haven't actually seen much activity on the Crute Hounds. I've never seen people use them in the 8th. I've seen chatter of people discussing them. Okay, that's good. Because they're so dirt cheap. There's four per model, and they cost four points each. So that's 16. Four per model. Uh, sorry, there's four per unit. Yeah. They cost four points per model, so that's 16 points per unit. So as I was saying earlier, that's for, the. For a fast attack slot, by yeah. the way. 16 points for one slot. Yeah. So three of these, 46, no, 48 points, sorry. And yep. that's a free commander bit. Not free commander, but that's your detachment for commander. And they're actually pretty fucking good in themselves. They have a 12-inch move. Toughness 3, 1 wound, doesn't matter. They have two attacks for something this dirt cheap is insane. Yeah. 6 plus armor save. I'm amazed they have a save. Full stop. Their close combat attacks are AP minus 1. Yeah. That's actually huge for something this cheap and this quick. This is something yeah. your opponent can't actually ignore. Because it will do surprising amounts of damage. Because those four are going to have eight attacks. Hitting on threes with AP minus yeah. one. I mean, certainly scary to guardsmen. Guardsmen should be scary. Well, no, even just tying up anything else. Like if this, oh, yeah. if this runs up, a tank, I mean, I mean like, actually killing, though. Actually, okay, it'll actually kill guardsmen. It'll cause some problems for space marines. Because it's not going to be one unit. It's going to be three units of these. Yeah. Which are going to be balling and barreling into one. And then AP minus one is pretty important. Or just use them as a super cheap screen. Yeah, I mean I, they're very good. The crew hand is really versatile. Does a bunch of great stuff. Really good unit. Quite an ugly model though. It is, but I can overlook it for what it does. There's also a lot of um, like substitute models you can get online if you just fish around. Yep. Any sort of generic dog model will do, and there are some really great like fantasy and. Oh, I can imagine there are. Yeah. Yeah, like loads of cool stuff. Crew hands. Underrated yeah, yeah. as fuck. They see they received the Brothers Grimdark seal of approval. Yeah. As is other things so far, but we haven't mentioned it, and we probably will mention it again. Yeah. The broadside battle suit. I love this thing. This thing is sexy. It's as sexy balls. as fuck. I like the old model, and the new model is just great. Basically, there's two options you can have for this thing the rail side or the missile side. One is a rail gun, one is missiles. Both guess, are different. Guess which is which. Yeah. Both are different jobs, both have the same. But no, both are different jobs, they have similar problems. Now, the rail side is good for hunting vehicles, but it's kind of outclassed by hammerhead gunships. It's massively outclassed. But this is cheaper. Not not to a, uh, a point, point of efficiency. 
Not to a point of... It's a lot more efficient as a result, but it is cheaper for one of these, and you can protect it with drones, yeah, which is... Yeah, it's weirdly more survivable. It's more survivable. These things are surprisingly tough with drones. They're... Because they have a two plus armor save themselves, six wounds each, and you have drones. These are tanky bastards. But for damage output with the heavy rail rifle, you probably want hammerheads instead. And they also... Three of them are going to start competing with riptides, etc., in terms of cost. Riptides are actually cheaper. But if you're going for missile sides... The damage output on these things is insane. Because they put out... If three... you take the ATS. Yeah, it's... not even with the ATS. The ATS you definitely take if you're taking missiles. The ATS means you get minus one to all your shots. For context, a missile side... Three of them, sorry. Three missile sides have 24 uh, strength 7, AP minus 1, D3 damage shots. Which, which is AP minus 2. Which is AP minus 2 with an ATS. And an additional 24 strength 5, AP 0, goes to AP minus 1 with a bonus... Damage one shots. That's that, a lot of DACA. That's a lot of DACA that's off the of three DACA. guys, which are very tanky. Like, the broadside, not in every list, but they definitely, especially the missile side. If you are looking at your tower army and going, I'm struggling a bit to kill things, and you may think, oh, the missile side's only for elite infantry. No, it's amazing versus infantry and vehicles, just through sheer volume of fire. The thing that upsets me about the broadside yep. is that it's such an amazing unit. I would love to have it in any other army other than Tau. Yep. Because there are things which compete for its slot yep. and generally are just better for points efficiency. Yeah. And the weird thing is, look at the broadside in isolation. Yep. I don't think I'd charge more or less points for it. I think you it's well costed. Yeah, I, I think it's just the other things are so cheap for what they do. Yeah, like... Namely Riptide. Namely Riptide. The Riptide's the main thing which competes with it. I've built my list in such a way as to not use Riptides. I have other things that do their job, which then leaves me as the question of, oh, I need a bit more firepower. Broadsides. Missile sides specifically. If you have your tower list, which is you think is lacking a bit of firepower, chuck in some missile sides. They are great. With a little bit of drone support. And sexy models. And sexy models. Good God. Like, if you have any doubts about the missile... I had doubts about the missile side before I saw it in person. In person, it's really nice. It's gorgeous. Hammerhead gunship. Scooty McGovern. Scooty McGovern. Three plus to hit. Thirteen wounds. There's two guns. It has a rail gun, which is the supposed tank hunter with strength 10, AP minus 4, damage D6. Anytime you roll a wound roll of 6 plus, cause D3 mortal wounds in addition to anything else. Then there's the other gun, which is better categorically in every situation other than straight. Sorry, toughness 9. Yeah, it has two firing modes. One is just better versus infantry, and one is better versus vehicles. Well, both are great against both. Because the other gun is standard mode is th uh, heavy 3, strength 7, AP minus 2, D2. Overcharge is. Heavy D6, Strength 8, AP-2, Damage 3. Any hit rolls 1, Bearer suffers a mortal wound. Both are fantastic. Which is another time where I will question the Codex. Because yeah. they just made yeah. that gun way better. I think it's also cheaper as well, which is the is really cheaper. galling thing. It's cheaper and it's better. Yeah. If you look at the model, yep. for anyone uninitiated, yep. because you will never have seen it, because in previous editions this gun was shite. Yep. There's the long barrel and there's the short barrel. This is the short barrel. The yep. long barrel is now just worse. The yep. rail cannon. The rail gun actually has um, a, an anti-infantry fire mode. Yep. Which is worse than the other gun's anti-infantry fire mode. <laughs> so. Yeah. And the other guns. Uh, tank hunting is just better and it's cheaper. Like This is a time where sometimes I wish GW did some maths to go which one's actually better versus which targets and we should cost them appropriately. They didn't. It sucks. As is, if you're taking long strike, take these guys. If you're taking these guys, take long strike. What Great. is the short, short range gun called? Iron which, Cannon. Iron Cannon, that's it. Which yep. is an amazing name. Amazing name. If anyone hasn't played Dark Crusade. Dark Crusade. 
Brothers the Gunbox. Ion Cannon. Amazing. Um, it, amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Hammerhead, good vehicle. I if love you, the model. I think the yeah. model is sexy as dick. Questions. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that model. That model. <laughs> Skyray gunship. This is what's happened if you take the Hammerhead's guns off and put a bajillion missiles onto it. This is amount of missiles hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> BS3+, plus, meaning with five marker lights hitting on twos, you're rolling ones. Which is what you're going to want to do with this thing. Because this thing is kind of shit in terms of firepower, except for Seeker missiles. It has six Seeker missiles, which once they're fired, they're gone. And you want to have a few marker lights on the target so you can fire at BS3+, plus, otherwise they normally hit on sixes. Which is bullshit. Just saying, it's bullshit. What, what's bullshit? Only hitting on sixes. It, yeah, it, it really annoys me because it means that if you want to take the Sky Ray, yeah. you have to take marker lights. But and that shouldn't really exist. I mean, that's the whole Tau yeah, yeah, synergy. Yeah, bah, but, bah, 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 bah. but the Codex is very good at not saying explicit synergy, saying you have to take this. It just says taking this is a nice option. This is a time where it does say you basically have to take exactly, this. Exactly, which, which I don't like because it'd be like, say, with Death Guard, you couldn't take... Uh, I was trying to think of something that's viable. Play, play first crawlers. <laughs> you couldn't take them unless you took Mortarian. Yeah. Is that well? Okay. Now I have to take Mortarian. Well, that, at which least, isn't necessarily uh, bad. At least, but it's just not something I want to do. Fair enough. At least with the tower, there's multiple ways of generating marker lights. It's not just one unit has to be used with this thing. Anyway. Yeah. However, if you fail to get your five marker lights, you only need. Oh, you only need two. Three. Two. You only need two to two. be able to fire your normal BS. Okay. okay. The seeker missile though, seventy-two inch range, heavy one, strength eight, AP minus two, D six damage. This is a cheap vehicle, by the way. So you can have three of these very cheaply. Chucking out uh, 18, strength 8, AP minus 2, D6 damage shots on targets. If you want an alpha strike, and as Tau, you can alpha strike pretty fucking hard, and you yeah. think you're going up against big beasties or vehicles, Skyrays are a pretty fucking good option. Like, I've seen arguments for Skyrays over hammerheads, and it's pretty compelling. Yeah, because simply if you knock your opponent out, turn yeah. one. Yeah. Because if you go, that's okay, it. that's it, I'll take down like a knight and cripple another one, Yeah, they're straight fucked. Or if you're any other army, I'll just take out your last preds, Yeah, I'll take out your raiders, I'll yeah. take out your insert vehicle. If they're not <laughs> running vehicles or anything tough, Skyro's bad. Yeah, Skyro's very bad. Whereas yeah, the Hammerhead's I mean, more of a safe bet versus more targets, but... If you went Skyro versus Fire Warriors, you're just boned. <laughs> well done, you've killed, at maximum, 18 Fire Warriors. There's at least a gajillion left. <laughs> Fire Warriors are disgustingly cheap. They are. Like, Beaten only by Sisters of Battle. Bizarrely, yes, when it comes to infantry versus infantry, but I mean, Sisters of Battle lose out elsewhere. That's another quest. But... That's another quest. Okay, sniper drones. You're not taking them. They're shit. Devilfish. <laughs> sniper drones being shit also upsets me because they are fun. They're truly shit, though. Snipers are pretty bad in 8th edition. Like, given that the Vindicare Assassin meant to be the guy that just fires <laughs> one bullet that stops a rebellion on a planet... <laughs> He can't even kill an Imperial Guard Commissar. I think you need four or five to kill a Commissar. It's... Or Commissar. Commissar. Commissar! Yeah, you need a bunch of them. It's bad. It's bad. And <laughs> the, the most elite hunters. Oh, God. And the sniper drones are expensive for what they are. Yeah. So they're, they're real bad sniper. Yeah. They have a slightly longer range than normal snipers, but still super bad. Anyway, Devilfish. The Devilfish is fucking awesome. 12-inch move, 12 wounds, toughness 7. Has a surprising amount of firepower. It's basic form, because you have, what, uh, 12 strength 5 shots coming out of this thing? Yeah, which isn't bad. Yeah, 4 to 18 inches, uh, the remaining 8 at 12 inches. Sorry, take the back, all 18 inches, don't know what happened there. We glitch in the system. Can transport, like, 12 guys. 
It's really nice. They're really quick. Um, most of their guns, except for the burst cannon, get buffed up by cartridge fire blades, which is something to remember. Has a neat bit of synergy. And you can do shit like move them forwards, drop guys, then assault with the devilfish. Not all in the same turn, but as in, you know what I mean? If you've moved towards the devilfish, that turn, uh, the next turn, drop your guys, assault with the devilfish. Yeah. Drop your guys, shoot with your guys, then assault with the devilfish to tie up the unit. The devilfish is probably living because it's tough as shit for being very cheap. And versus Overwatch is definitely living. Yeah, versus Overwatch is definitely living. Also, devilfish, if you ever if you ever look at the Death Watch Codex and look at their Corvus Blackstar and think, oh, I want a unit to do this, this, and this, devilfish beats it. If you look at the Redemptor Dreadnought, the devilfish is disgustingly cheaper and has about the same damage output. That's, a bit that's less. the Primaris Dreadnought for it's, Yeah, the Primaris Dreadnought. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a very good unit. It's it not is. super competitive. However, no. if transports come into the meta... They, they kind of are, but... like I mean, if they really come into the meta. Like, yeah. I'm thinking like 4th edition meta. Okay, here. yeah. Uh, these guys are going to be big. Yeah, like, Tau, Tau are definitely not going to struggle. I mean, any meta that's introduced, give it Horde. Or sorry, yeah. be it Horde, be it Vehicles, be it Poison. Be, be it Elite. Sorry? Elite. Elite, elite like... if we're being silly. <laughs> you know... Tau, Tau can handle it. Yeah. Tau will Tau adapt. Have, have the tools. Tau, uh, uh, find a way. Uh, uh, okay, uh, we have the Razor Shark Strike Fighter, which is the, I believe this is the anti-air flying flyer, zipper. which you're not taking. It's also, in my opinion, not a very nice model. I Neither of the flyers are very nice. It's not very good, because if you're, oh, I want to be able to shoot flyers, you have more stuff that does this better for cheaper. Sunshark Bomber. I want a flyer which bombs stuff really ineffectually. If, Bomb, if, bombers are cool, though. They are. It's cool. The model's not. But if you conceptually, I'm, I'm from, a, from an orc player's perspective, bombers are cool. I don't know. Bombers are <laughs> bombers awesome. Are way like cool. I don't think the Sun Shark bomber or the Razor Shark Strike Fighter are bad in that if you take them, like you're going to be that way. They're not crisis suit. You can definitely take oh, yeah. them and have fun, but they're just not very good. If you like the model and you're playing for fun, definitely yeah, take. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, definitely take. Tidewall Shield Line. I've never been interested questions. in this model. I've never seen anyone field this model. It's if you want to put your units in a piece of terrain and have the terrain move the same as they move, which I... Now, I think this stuff is really cool if you were to do like an armies on parade display board. Yep. However, it's expensive as wang. You were about to say dick. I was about to say dick. <laughs> dick is expensive these days. <laughs> but it is so expensive like in terms of money. Yeah. Uh, it's worse uh, transport than the other one we mentioned. I forget yep, the Devilfish. name. Devilfish. Devilfish is faster and more survivable. Yep. I mean, it definitely makes for some cool and weird gameplay. Like, definitely weird. It's not very good, though. It's cool, though. It's cool, though. If, it's if cool. you're running it, and it, it's the kind of thing which I can find interesting. Fair enough. Like, I haven't got too much of a problem with it. It just doesn't do enough. Same is true of the drone port and the gun rig. All parts of the tide wall. Still, they're quite cool, though. Still quite cool, yeah. Then we get the storm surge. The storm surge is in a weird spot right now. Because it has a lot of DACA. It has an ungodly amount of DACA. And it gets shat on by a lot. <laughs> but there's a lot of things which are good versus Toughness 7. That's the storm surge. A lot of things good against Titanic. That's the storm surge. If you're running a Castellan Knight... The Storm Surge is going to evaporate turn one, and it'll be hilarious. I really like the Storm Surge, though. It has a bunch of cool shit. It has one of my favourite rules in the Tau Codex, which is stabilising anchors. Which basically, at the end of your shooting phase, you can deploy the anchors, which means in the next turn, if you don't move, um, you can basically add one to your hit rolls. 
People complain that you can't do this for turn one, yet there's a bit of a bitch. On the other hand, this is a mechanic in 40k that cuts down on the power level of an alpha strike. Which I like, because I prefer my games to go on a bit longer for fun's sake rather than just alpha striking. Yeah, determine turn one who's won. Yeah, which 8th edition basically still does anyway, but... <laughs> yeah, 8th edition is all about the alpha strike. Yeah. I mean, I would love to get the mass behind it. We talk about this a lot. Yeah. But so many games that I've played, yep. seen played, yep. watched on YouTube, whoever goes first wins. Like, like I, It's I, massive. I would love to first. know the stats on it. I it, really would. Yeah. Because my estimate is like 65% win rate for whoever goes first. Yeah. It, it's really high. Like, yeah. going first is just a huge advantage. And we're saying, like, we're, we're not saying, like, lists where it's super competitive versus uncompetitive. We're yeah. just super competitive versus super competitive. Whoever goes first generally yeah. wins. Yeah. I've seen Tau make some stunning comebacks. <laughs> Tau are the army to do it. Yeah. Tau do possess a lot of firepower. They. They have, a, yeah, they, have a, they have a lot of firepower. Storm Surge, okay, it's very expensive. It's also in the ballpark where you're comparing it to Riptides or Broadsides. I was actually considering for my tower list, which is 1,300 point list, like, do I take a kitted out Storm Surge or three Broadsides? I decided on three Broadsides because it's tankier and has more damage. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not actually more damage, but it's more reliable damage compared to the Storm Surge's. Uh, like, it can be, it can whiff. It can whiff pretty hard. But the model. The model's gorgeous. Now, the Riptide. I'm going <coughs> to... Final, final complaints. Yep. Final complaints. I don't like the model. Yep. Because it's a massive fridge. Yep. It is super, super heavy for Tower. Like, Tower meant to be kind of... Still quite heavy. Yeah. A lot of momentum, but a lot of speed and agility with yep. that. With that dumpiness. <laughs> I'm looking at the Crisis suits. Like, yeah. They, they are quite heavy. Yeah. The Riptide is way heavy. It is a massive colossal lump with these ridiculous jetpacks. Like it looks it like moves a Tonka toy. Faster than the little ones. I wanted to avoid the word Tonka toy, but, but I have to say it. Yeah. It, Whereas we, the Storm Surge is the gunbot. So they went. You know what? It has anchors into the ground. It yeah. doesn't have arms. It, it just have weapons. It has colossal legs that are meant to stabilize the amount of firepower this thing has. It is like, sumo as fuck. When when they redid Tau, they added in okay. So the stealth suit, the broadside, and the crisis suit are key units. Let's bring in newer, bigger versions. And to be fair, they knocked out the park for two of those. Ghost Keel, Storm Surge, fantastic upgrades and renovations on the older idea of what that was. Like, a stealth suit, what that did. Here's a newer, sexier stealth suit that's bigger. Storm Surge, here's a newer, sexier broadside that's bigger. Then the Riptide, which we're not so much a fan of. But imagine if the Storm Surge... Let's go yep. into Riptide territory. We yep. just strap a massive jump pack on the back of it. And it moves at 14 inches a turn. It moves 14 inches a turn. Uh, all its weapons are assault. Yep. And you can pay a wound. <laughs> <laughs> to give it a 3-plus invulnerable. Yeah. Okay. I wish. I wish. I really wish I could. Other complaints against the Storm Surge, specifically a 7th edition complaint, which you would like to make. About the D-weapons? About the D-weapons. About the D-weapons. <laughs> yeah, Storm Surge was super, super strong. Super, super alpha strikey. It wasn't actually that tough in yep. itself. Because, uh... Oh, no, sorry. It was. Was it? Because it wasn't a vehicle, I don't believe. <laughs> oh... It was somehow a monstrous creature. Yeah. I think. I can't remember exactly. Don't quote me on that. I'm not going to complain like about that. Yeah. That's, just that, that's very secondary to the D-weapons. Yeah. The D-weapons, super strong, to the point where the main gun wasn't really the issue. But the other thing that you would do with Storm Surges is you would ignore the anchors. You would actually just move forwards, because its weapons got better at closer range, like its yep. main weapon. Yep. 
and you could move and fire all your weapons. Yep. And also back in seventh edition, yep, you couldn't uh, split fire, so all your attacks had to go on one unit when you fire. Yep. So say you have Lascan Predator, all Lascans one target. Storm Surge could shoot any weapon anywhere. Yep. Which again for the time was ridiculous. Yeah. But it was a hell of a model. I <laughs> couldn't be angry with it. I actually saw yep. a Storm Surge in one round, the first round of shooting, yep. fire off four D weapons. Yep. None of its other weapons. And remove a Warhound Titan from the game. Shit. Which was around eight hundred points. Yeah. And the Storm Surge was about six hundred. Right. Value. Yeah. Value. value. <laughs> Instant value. And it still had table presence, full wounds, and it had moved way f- huge amounts forward. And with Overwatch being what it was, Storm Surge with all its stack of weapons. Which, by the way, is still awesome. Still awesome. Charging a Storm Surge is still a bad idea, which it, is awesome. Especially if you're Tau Sept, so it's hitting on fives. Yeah, but these days it was hitting on twos. Yeah. And its massive fuck off cannon, its mm. member, if you will. Yep. It was blowing the shit out of everything. Because it was in, in the closest range bracket, which yeah. was its most dangerous bracket. Because I believe it, it used to, it had like blast, and then when it got to the closest bracket, it was like something else, and I don't know. Ridiculous. Yeah. Really ridiculous. Also, also a ridiculous amount of shots for 7th, because 8th edition they introduced, everyone has a bajillion shots. Yep. Back in 7th, everyone didn't have a bajillion shots, and the Storm Surge had a bajillion shots. A bajillion. It's part of the factor. It's part of the many factors where Tower's great. Also, that does remind me of one of my favourite uh, memories of an 8th edition battle report I've seen, which was a I think it was a 10,000 point apocalypse game may have been 10,000 on each side I think oh wow and at one point after Warhound fired all its guns the person turning and screaming you're 2,000 points act like it the Warhound's not very good right now but fuck me that was funny okay. it hasn't been good for a very long time actually no oh well okay so that is the units in very quick summation quick as we got went on but we covered the main units we had to now in closing i would like to a shut down the apple software update that's just said hello on my computer and panged up panged up and really threw me off there but we've said a lot of things given our opinions a lot of units and i'd like to say two things a once again we say this now having distance from the codex coming out so we can say quite a few of these things with confidence now, two, a lot of people complained the Tower Codex was bad when it came out. Not just in that their units didn't get the buffs they wanted, which, to be fair, they didn't get the buffs they wanted. Some of those buffs, I don't think, should have been done. Some of the buffs, definitely, such as Crisis Suits. But they were saying that it was just flat-out bad beyond that. It was non-competitive and the town never stood a hope in hell. And now I'd like to direct you to a channel called Almost Pro Gaming. This is a man who plays in... ITC tournaments, he's won an ITC tournament. GTs. What? GTs. GTs. He's in grand tournaments. Yep. He is a good player. He knows his shit. Fantastic list builder. Fantastic list builder. He's on he, YouTube, by the way. He's on, yeah, I say, check, 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 check his him channel. Um, and he basically did a video with tier lists. And I'm bringing him up, so it's not just our opinion here. This is someone who knows his shit better than the vast majority of 40k players, including us. Yeah. Including us. Way he knows more, his shit way, way more. more than we do. And he has four tiers. Garbage tier, which is basically armies without a codex. 
and Grey Knights. And Grey Knights. Tier 3, which is a bunch of things like Death Watch. And then Sister Battle is somehow on there, because... They don't have Codex. That's they, why they're in Tier 3. Yeah, like interestingly enough, they're, they, despite not having Codex, they're in Tier 3, because they have a number of great units. Tier 2 is where things get interesting. Tier 1. The Tier 1 armies, according to this man, is... Custodies. Not so much into themselves, but so for him, an ar- for an army to be whatever faction, over 50% of its points needs to be that, and then could be anything else like with a remainder. So custodies would usually be mixed with, mixed with guard. So it'd be like 1,000 points worth of custodies on jet bikes, and then some guard. Uh, the other, the next one is guard, because guard are so cheap, and they can have so many different like bits of firepower, mainly basilisks and chimeras and catching jungle fighters, etc. And you can then mix that with other things. You then have um, Eldar and Dark Eldar, which, great stuff. And then you have Tau. Tau being tier one, according to this man. And what makes this really fucking incredible, beyond the fact that, you know, just Tau are tier one, thing you have to bear in mind is those other two can soup. Both the Custodians and the Imperial Guard can soup with anything in the Imperium Codices to get whatever they damn well need, whatever the purpose is. Which is like knights, reboot, yeah. anything you want. They can draw upon a shit ton of stuff. The Eldar don't have as much, but they have the Eldar and Dark Eldar, which are both really good codices, and they can call upon the, what well, is it, Yvrain? Yeah, they're, they're independently strong, Yep. and then Eldar, combined with Yvrain, can then ally with Dark Eldar. Yep. I and think they makes... can just ally together with, even without Yvrain. Yeah, and it, it just makes for silly, silly combos. Yeah, so these, these are two fantastic piles of soup. And the Tau is just one codex. Can't soup with anything. And it's tier one. Which is incredible. Absolutely incredible. categorically, all previous editions, the best armies are soup armies. Because yep. GW does not anticipate you souping. Yep. It doesn't anticipate that for some reason. And yet Tau keep pace. Not only does Tau keep pace, they set the pace. They really do. Now, having mentioned incredible, next week we will be covering the lore, which is... God damn it. What the shit are you doing? I'm trying to signal him that we've got a news roundup coming up as well. Oh, don't, oh don't shit. Forget that. Be- don't before, forget that. Before we launch into that, okay, let's show you a brief news roundup then. No, ra- new, news comes after. Oh, sorry. Okay, so next time we'll be covering the law, which is goddamn brilliant in this book. Like, we've been a bit negative this week. Next week is just going to be gushing with some criticisms, but a lot of gushing. You're gorgeous! <laughs> Essentially, yes. And I feel we have to defend the Tau Codex because there's been so much hate. Yeah, I mean, no- normally we're pretty critical. Normally we're very critical, but because this thing got so much hatred at launch and nobody discussed the law, nobody was saying, hey, it's actually pretty well written. We are going to step in and go, look, give this thing the appreciation it deserves because god damn. And just for balance, just for interweaving yeah. of units, yeah. they nailed it. Fantastic nailed it. Codex. That's the official end of the podcast. But... We've got a little bit of news to do. Yeah. We do have a little bit of news to do. A little do. bit of news. Because some of you who are regular listeners... About <laughs> I'm amazed we have any. All two of you. <laughs> yeah, all two of you. <laughs> One of them being me. <laughs> yeah. Is we've had a, a small little hiatus. Yeah. And that's because hell and damnation <laughs> came to us. You say came to us. Hell and damnation has been living in my room for some time. It then died. Hell and Damnation had to be fixed after it blew up. Now, we're not talking about his ex-wife. We're talking about the computer we record on. Yes. The... Now, oh, God. this computer is hell itself. Now, I like to build computers, but I will admit, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm very much on the introductory level. I know what the components he are. He has built his own computer, by the way. Yeah, I, I know the plugs and all that stuff. I know the simple stuff, right? Yeah. 
I opened up this PC, which was made by uh, some special company. We won't name the name no, of because we, we will be sued. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've skirted the issue of getting sued multiple times, but that probably will get that us will, sued. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, looking inside this thing, it was a spider's nest of awful. <laughs> it was I, like, oh my God, why have they made these decisions? So I, I was sat next to him as he tried to take it apart. And it was literally, when you have in films, like the mad, the professor they have to go and find about the ancient prophecy, and he goes, I've read about this. There was literally a point where he turned to him and went, What? I have never seen one of these in practice. Not even on like YouTube videos where they take apart a computer. I've heard legends, I've heard people discussing it. I mean, there's been theories that you could do this in a computer. Never have I seen it done. Basically because everyone agrees it's a terrible idea. This computer has hundreds of them. It does have hundreds. So, it's, after oh. many, many investigations and a new power supply, yep. we managed to explode the CPU. <laughs> it blew up. It blew up. And not, not just in a, like, tickle me fancy blowing up. It blew up like proper puff of smoke yeah. <laughs> burning, like, in an instant. So, basically, what was happening, the PC would turn off for about two seconds and instantly switch off. Yeah. So, we, we kind of, you know... Doing a bit of... Uh, investigative work. Investigative work. And the power supply was always dodgy. We suspected yep. it. Yep. Uh, and how it could be like a safety cutoff when you try and draw too much power. Blah, 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 so we blah. we got a bigger, ballsier power unit. We got a bigger, ballsier power unit. Because the, the previous power unit wasn't man enough anyway. It wasn't. Uh, we'll leave that. That's that's a nest of spiders. What is the thing I'm looking for? It's like a box of trouble or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just... Anyway... So we, we finally get the PC sorted. Uh, new CPU arrives. Uh, turns out we forgot <laughs> that uh, new generation CPUs do not fit on old mother- motherboards. We completely also, forgot. Didn't even think about also it. So my generation of CPU is apparently very rare in that it turned up and was phased out immediately. That's because it's cock. It is absolute cock. From what <laughs> I've seen, if it's, it's, it's hideous cock. If, it, if it's in my computer, it shouldn't live. Like, it... The Dark Mechanicum frown on my computer. Yeah, we, we've now labelled it the Demon Engine, because for yeah. so long it's given us trouble and yeah. an absolute amount of awful, awful looks. Sadness and pain. It's finally working again. We're finally recording. Yeah. Uh, quite a few times in previous episodes when we record, because of the dodgy power supply, the previous power supply, it would just switch off. Yeah, it would just switch off at random. And so fortunately, Audacity has like an autosave feature. So yes. There's so many, of many yeah, of them. I, I think we lost like at most 10 minutes and then just had to go back and record and, it. I don't think we lost that. We lost like 30 seconds at most. Audacity is fantastic. For Audacity is great. Audacity, software we used to record. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that's what's been going on there. Yeah. What's the other bit of news? Oh, yeah. So we we have potentially a fan, at least a chap who comments now and again. Good for him. He's a fan. Yeah. Not, not to belittle you, but... Was, yeah. was that the fan? Was that the news? That's not the news, is that's it? That's not the news. I was going to say, they were, they were asking about um, news when it came to Knights, because we... Uh, uh, way back, way back. Uh-huh. Way we back. probably should have started for this, because that was actually relevant to the hobby rather than that. Yeah, I, I, I thought... I'm I thought, sorry. I thought I, that's I where you were crazy. going. But, I went crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he was a mod from the Necron Reddit, wasn't he? No? Just a good boy. Just a good boy. Okay. Fuck it. Anyway. Basically. He reminded us. He reminded us. Slapped us on the head with an oar. Because we mentioned that um, my knights are quite stompy and wrecked 3,000 points worth of Imperium when they were 1,500 points. And we're saying, oh, we're going to do some more games and see how far it goes. Some challenge games, if you will. Yeah. We haven't managed to do many. No, but but the first game. Yeah. 
was against semi-competitive Eldar. Yep. Slightly geared towards fighting knights. Ultimately yep. not hugely geared. Nope. But they had... Uh, they still had tools. They had tools because they had uh, anti-tank. Yep. Copious amounts of anti-tank. Yep. And they did have doom. And I can't remember its name, but the fucking one which allows them to reroll hits. Like basically, reroll hits and, and then reroll wounds. Reroll hits, reroll wounds. Yep. Which is basically the way you kill knights. Yep. And you take Dark Reapers. But he didn't take Dark Reapers. No. He just took anti-tank in other forms. Yep. Knights shat them up. They knights, shat them up with a hilarious effect. Knights hideously shat them up. Yep. I think you lost eight wounds yep. in total across three knights. Across three knights. 1,500 points. Uh, I mean, this, this table had terrain... Yep. There was cover. Yep. Still, absolute bloody washing. Yep. I did. I did warn my friend because th- this guy's a long-standing friend of ours. Yep. I did say to him because he hasn't played Eighth Edition Knights yet. He has played Seventh Edition Knights. I said to him, "If you lose, don't feel bad. Do not feel bad, because the expectation is you lose. Yep. <laughs> if you're not fully geared towards fighting them, you will lose. Yeah. They're a bit oppressive like that. So the next game we played." Was just a narrative jamboree of fun. We yeah, we basically went. A we were going to mess around with the because it was one thousand five hundred points worth of Eldar and one thousand five hundred points worth of Death Guard versus the Knights. We said, look, there's the rules in the rule book for massively buffing it. Like it's the psychic maelstrom rules, yeah. which basically means psychic powers are all of them like plus two to going off. Perils happens way more often, but most of the perils effects are good. Um, barring one demon prince who cast smite so hard he forgot it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my demon prince. I think he cast smite on a twelve. Yeah, plus two, which goes to fourteen. Yep. I then rolled on the psychic maelstrom table of perils. Yep. It just zapped him of the power of smiting. He forgot. It's, poof, oh, I then rolled the damage. Rolled a one. Command point reroll. Rolled a six. So it was the highest fucking smite of my life. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it can't what be What a smite. No wonder he forgot it. It, yeah, blew, it blew his, his mind. Blew his tiny mind. Blew his tiny mind. And so we're playing that. We're also playing a narrative mission rather than a match mission because this was straight after our friend lost. He was a little bit fatigued. <laughs> Probably didn't want to face another... Yeah, like super competitive, yeah. trying to win. Also, I mean, we were just looking for fun ways to play. Yep. And we haven't really tried many of the narrative missions no. in the book. So, so we thought, let's just have some fun. Yep. And the mission we decided upon was like a line breaker mission. Yep. Can't remember the name of it. Nor can I. And the knights were trying to break through the blockade. Of- they, they weren't trying to break through. Their mission was to kill every single unit. Oh, yeah. Which, that was it. That was it. If, if you count the number of knights there were, three, and the amount of guns they have, two actual guns each. And they're like small guns. And, and then like a couple of small guns and flamers. And feet. Versus dozens of enemy units. It's like, can they do that? Dozens. Can they do that? They did. They certainly did. They did. They managed to kill everything on the table by turn five. But it was the most climactic, awesome game. It was fantastic fun. It was so good. Like, I played Death Guard to win. (laughs) Which which is saying something. I was about 40% a capable army. And... uh, Playing for fun as well. Yeah. For fun. I had one Death Guard Plague Champion who survived a night assault. Yep. The rest of his squad just got pulped around him. He got shot at multiple times and he survived. Yep. He then punched one knight from atop a container. Yep. Dealing a mighty three damage. Which is... Which is impressive. There's a lot for your army, yeah. Which is a lot for me. (laughs) The knight then fell back because he was a coward. And in this mission, I think you can opt to kill your units and then roll, and then on a 4+, plus they come back 
the next turn. Yeah, if they're below a quarter wounds. And Alan never failed that roll. So he'd remove a unit, back it came. Yep. Which was just like, a, oh, fuck, we're going to face this again. <laughs> which, in the end, actually won you, won you the game. It did. Because the final turn came down to a roll, three plus succeed, whatever. <laughs> no, it got to the point where it was end of turn four on a three plus the game continues. And they had a couple of models left. I, li- so, I literally had two. Yep. Our friend had one? I think, yeah, one. one By the way, that, just that, those numbers alone should scare you when it comes to night <laughs> yeah. firepower. That should scare you a lot. Yeah. 3,000 points, by the way. 3,000 like, points? Yeah. Versus 1,500 knights. So the knights... 1,500 uh, points of knights. Yes. <laughs> Not 1,500 <laughs> knights. Okay. So it's basically a three plus to continue. And we looked in the rules and it determined that I should have been the one to roll. Which Henry was unhappy about because he wanted to roll. I said, no, I'll, I'll roll. And I've no, no. I wanted to roll yeah. because I always fail yes. at rolling. I was like, I'm going to end this and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to win. I want to win. So I rolled. And I rolled the three plus. Which was, well, fuck it. Henry says, well, really, it should, should have been our friend. He's the guest here. You know, he should have the roll. He makes it. Well, I should have it. I, I was going to have it first. Makes the roll. Alan, I, I think your dice was cocked. Roll it again. Make the roll. A friend, I think your dice was cocked. Makes the roll. I think my dice was cocked. Makes the roll. Alan, you have a command point reroll. I spent them all, like, in turn two. You have a command point reroll. Use it. Make the roll. Friend, command point reroll. He hasn't got any command points. Make the roll. Makes it. I have a command point reroll. He has no command points. Makes the roll. I. That was nine three plus successes. The game was continuing. The dice gods slammed the hammer down. And said, knights win. Knights win. Oh, yeah, going back to my Pathos guy. Yep. After, by the way, awesome end. Like yeah. I'm glad I forced everyone to do the free rolls because <laughs> it's just 100% certainty. It's also a fun moment when I was trying to get uh, Dominus class knight killed by declaring charges against... It's like 10 units within range and he had one wound left. Like, please, kill him so he can detonate. Yeah, we had multiple knight detonations, which did horrendous things to our armies. Yeah. Because then, the way that I was running Death Guard to uh, counter knights yeah. was I was taking three-man units of Plague Marines. Yep. With uh, heavy blight launchers. Which is amazing, because it nullifies a lot of the effectiveness of the knight's weapons. Unless the knight blows up. <laughs> Unless the knight blows up, in which case it's cock city. <laughs> it's D6 mortal wounds to everything within 2D6. But my plague champion. Yep. Not only did he get shot at. The not only man. did he get assaulted, he punched the knight, dealt out three damage. Yep. Assaulted a Castellan knight in the middle. Yep. Another three damage. He was then bathed in the glorious glow. Or an hot exploding of god engine. <laughs> and he lived. And he lived with his disgustingly resilient role. Yeah. He then survived another round of night overwatch as he charged. No, no, no. This was, this was the awesome part, right? Yep. There is a stratagem in the Nurgle book, which is basically heal one wound on one guy or resurrect one guy yep. for two command points. It's terrible. It's about the power level for the, ne- uh, the Death Guard Codex, though. So. I used the stratagem to bring back a guy to chump the Overwatch from the Castellan, and chump he did. So my Power Fistman got into close combat, and had I not used that stratagem, Power Fistman would have died to the Overwatch. He didn't get kicked to death, but... <laughs> he did then get kicked to death, because at best I could do six damage to a 28-wound <laughs> model, hitting on fours, re-rolling all misses because of crest. See, but that's the sort of players that we are. Yeah. Like, fuck it, let's just have some fun. Uh, the game can, came Although down we, to the wire. We can do some competitive stuff, but that game was just shit oh, yeah, tons of fun. Of 
and I just had a heavy blight launcher drone which had just been flying around the whole game. Like, brand new unit for me because I just bought it, built it two days before, get, slap some paint on, yep. uh, shove it in the battle. It was awesome. It was just flying around, being an absolute pain in the ass. Backline, like you had one night rampaging behind. Yep. Assaults this blight drone, brings it down to one wound. It's the final turn of the game. I'm like, come on, just no more. <laughs> he died. He died a hero's death to a heavy stuffer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely awesome. And by the end of it, we actually tallied that my friend and myself had done over 120 wounds tonight. Earlier today, you said 108. No, it, it was 128. Oh, 128. Which it is, was, it was is over 120. It's staggeringly high, but you also have to remember that... Um, this the, was like with buff smite spam. This was extremely buffed smite spam going on here with a but bunch of psychers. It's truly incredible, though, when you think of how much damage that actually is. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that I think we still would have lost 3,000 points. Versus, actually, no, I, I don't think we would have lost because of the buffed psychic phase. I think if there wasn't the buffed psychic phase and if it wasn't a narrative mission, if it was just a normal mission, yeah. I think you'd still lose tonight. I think it'd be close. I think it'd be close. I think it would be close. I think it would be. Mainly because of the Eldar carrying you super hard. <laughs> My fat bloated body. <laughs> <laughs> Take me higher. <laughs> I think, I'll tank. I'll ignore you. Well, I'm <laughs> fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Death Guard. <laughs> the fat boys. Right. Join us next week for another exciting episode of the Brothers Grimdark.